0: The Jason Cabinets Experience is sponsored by Cabinets HR. Cabinets HR delivers HR to companies with 49 or fewer people across the United States with our platform that automates HR products and services while giving you access to a dedicated HR business partner for more complicated HR challenges. Small business loses an estimated $10,000 per employee per year because of unreliable HR. Small business owners are spending an average of 25% of the time on HR. Time that will be better spent taking care of their people, their customers, and building their business. Cavernous HR saves small business owners time and money on, on their HR. Sign up at www.cavernoushr.com or email me at jasoncavernous at cavernoushr.com to learn more. Cavernous HR, focus on your business where you've got your HR.
1: Got to stay Don't you know you to up this is the Jason Kabnis experience hosted by Jason Kabnis join Jason as he talks to small business owners and startup founders and other interesting people as we gain great insights about business people leadership HR and how each guest strives to be great every day up
0: Hello, welcome to Jason Kavis Experience. I'm your host, Jason Cabins. Our guest today is Tim McCarthy. Tim, are you going to be great today? Yes, I am. In late 2000, Tim founded Tsunami Tattoo in Tacoma, where it remained in the same location on 38th Street for 20 years. In 2021, Tim decided to take the company in a whole different direction. He wanted to provide his clients a more fulfilling experience where he could focus on their projects without the interruptions of a traditional tattoo studio. He has taken 30-plus 30 years, 30 years of being a tattoo artist around the globe, combined with his own experience of being tattooed, to give his clients a uniquely fun and personal experience. Tim is an award-winning tattoo artist and has been featured in numerous publications. He has, new, he has two, tattooed n- numerous celebrities, from Guns N' Roses to, to Steve-O. His crew of, of artists himself want to give the best tattoo experience possible. Tim, thank you for being here today. Really appreciate
1: yeah, it. Yeah,
0: thanks for having me. So, Tim, first, let's uh, pour us a couple of drinks real fast.
1: Okay.
0: So, it's your glass right there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll go with this one first. Just pick which one you want.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just We'll start off slow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, for those of you who know me the last few years, I've, I've gone on like a, my wife calls a middle-age tattoo crisis. So, I have like maybe 45 tattoos. Tim's done like maybe 25 <laughs> or 30 of them. <laughs>
1: yeah you you uh, you're at the shop almost weekly so yes fun, I know so right been-
0: hopefully my wife and not listen to that part right there
1: <laughs> well maybe not every week but you know
0: yeah yeah um so we start talking like, about talking tattoos. You also do DJ on the side, right?
1: Yeah, that's uh, that was my middle age crisis. You you got into tattooing. I got into um, DJing. I should have just bought a Corvette instead <laughs> been done with it. But um, I started going to parties maybe 10, 15 years ago and um, really had no understanding of the, the culture of electronic uh, dance music so doing and stuff is, like that. Is it, is
0: it this... Uniquely electronic, or you do all kinds of music. No,
1: it's it's mostly techno and house music. Okay. Um, you know, I used to make fun of those people in high school, and now <laughs> I've become one of them. <laughs> but I love it. After hurting people all day, it's kind of fun to cut loose and make people have fun, dance around, throw a party.
0: So, first, cheers. Oh, yes, cheers. So, I'm guessing you have like, you've upgraded your equipment through the years. You probably started simple and You are like all this fancy.
1: Oh, equipment. yeah, I've, I've, I've seen uh, tattooing, um, especially right now. I mean, as far as DJing. Oh, we were talking about DJing equipment. Oh, yeah, I um, I came in a little bit late into DJing. I, I wasn't one of those uh, started off carrying crates of records around. Um, I started off with like CDs. Um, I wanted to learn without the use of a computer and things like that and kind of progress my way up. I've had to, some pretty good teachers along the way and mostly self-taught. That's about the only, you know, if you sit long enough with the equipment, eventually you'll you'll figure out how to use it.
0: As far as DJing, do you have like any gigs you do on a regular basis? Or? I do
1: a monthly um, event in Tacoma at a bar called the New Frontier Lounge. Um, some friends of mine know and, and they give me uh, one Saturday a month to to uh book the lineups and the djs and stuff like that and what i've been trying to do is bring some of the talent from here in seattle down to tacoma once a month um people in tacoma love to go out and go to seattle and hear music but that drive back at two or three o'clock in the morning can good. be not very fun all very the, dangerous or if you're uh, drinking uh, if, if, if all, and all the state troopers things. out there yeah and so uh um, and
0: the and transportation doesn't go to Two or three in the morning, public transportation.
1: And, and as Tacoma is growing, a lot of people are moving down from Seattle. And so when they see uh, that a, like a headlining DJ um, in Seattle is coming down to Tacoma, it gives them a chance to come out and experience Tacoma. We have a really good um, electronic dance community scene there uh, with a lot of really good DJs and people that are trying to build a, a community in Tacoma.
0: What, what's the biggest crowd you've played in so far?
1: Um, Burning Man. man (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've played, I've played to some pretty large crowds there. Um, some friends of mine, uh, we built some art cars that look like the Pac-Man ghosts and drive them around Burning Man. And a lot of people know of these cars and, uh, probably one of the biggest shows I played was under this crazy bridge that somebody brought out there and and built and there were probably a couple thousand people there so it was pretty fun so how do you
0: get that gig you got paid for I did, or no I just, just started just, playing
1: they they asked us to come play under their bridge so we drug all of our equipment out there and set up a party and it was fun
0: nice so from your point of view what makes someone a good dj is it like listening to the crowd or like music selection or
1: I think a little, I think all of it, I think, you know, just their enthusiasm, what they're, what they're trying to, you're, you're trying to tell a story to the crowd through your music. And, um, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll play a song. You're like, yeah, this one's going to hit. And it's like crickets on the dance floor. You're like, uh, so you gotta be able to kind of read the crowd a little bit and, you know, play to the room. And I'm still trying to figure it out. I don't, I don't claim to be a know-it-all or anything about it. I just do it at whatever makes me happy. I just want to have fun. You have a go-to song? No, not really. No. There's a there's a few um, um, producers out there that I like their style of music and stuff. And um, yeah, with with DJing, to me, it feels like I'm almost playing with like musical Legos because you're kind of stacking things and borrowing bits from other songs and kind of uh, mixing them together to kind of create your own sound.
0: Electronic music that's totally different from house music, right?
1: House music is electronic music. Is it okay? Yeah.
0: I remember when I was in Germany, That's a real popular, I always like, it was like that boom, boom, yeah, that's boom. Yeah, it's
1: called the 4-4 four, four beat. It's that yeah. one, two, three,
0: four,
1: one. It's not two. a good thing. Techno you, and house, yeah. have a, they have a 4-4 beat, yeah, and that's why, that's why uh, it's it's easy to mix, because it all lines okay. up mathematically. I know, sometimes
0: that beat is like too heavy, like you've been drinking all night long. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like,
1: Germany, they tend to like techno a little bit more, a little bit harder, a little yeah. darker. Um, um yeah. which is the, it's my go-to as far as like if I had a, a choice to play the music that I want to play mm-hmm. it's techno but sometimes that, that music can be a little fast heavy and dark for people that are just out mm-hmm. on a, a Saturday night that yeah. just want to dance and have some drinks and have a good time so you gotta you know set and setting for where 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 and what you're gonna play
0: for electronic music do you see like certain generations like liking more than others like is it more generation generation X music I music? see it
1: getting more and more popular it's okay. just you know these I've I've gone and worked Certain some festivals. There's a there's a festival in Las Vegas called the Electric Daisy Carnival, and um, the the art cars that we built for Burning Man in 2014. We met uh, with the creative directors from the largest festival companies in the world, uh, Insomniac, and they hired us to take our our art cars to their festivals. And they put on a three day festival in Las Vegas at the Las Vegas Speedway, where every night over a hundred thousand um, fans go to this festival. They've got seven or eight mega stages. The production is like unlike anything I've ever seen in my life, of fireworks and lasers and all kinds of stuff. So it was pretty uh, pretty cool being able to get paid to go party and see, you know, I've met every one of my favorite DJs and having, like, full access to this festival, aside from just being a spectator, so.
0: Here's one for you. Can a DJ be too... Fucked up, or too drunk, too high to actually be a good DJ.
1: D- that, that might make him better. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> it all just depends. And <laughs> the DJ, I tried to, fly fly straight. You don't want to be, you know, a mm. slobbering mess up there. Yeah. So, how do
0: most DJs get paid? Is like, is that like per per gig or like? Number no of people come in, as as
1: it depends. It depends. They, they, they you know, they, you work out a, a and a, sometimes you work out a deal with the establishment. You know, if you're charging a cover, or sometimes you know uh, the DJs can get a percentage of the bar take of the night. You know, it, it's all whatever. Sometimes, most of the time, I work for free just because I like doing it. So.
0: So do you have like a dream gig you want to do, like like some big club in Las Vegas or New York City or no, Germany? No, no,
1: I, I like playing with my friends. I'd rather okay. play in my backyard, barbecue, and hang out. Like I don't. I don't, I don't have any aspirations to be some superstar. Okay. I Nobody mean, wants to come see you know some fifty year old DJ, some <laughs> old guy. Because <laughs> I think
0: I saw one that's time you posted on your Instagram like you did a DJ gig at some beach. House. You were oh yeah, we drag our stuff party. down
1: to, to Titlow Beach in Tacoma sometimes in the summertime because that's a it's a nice place to watch the sunset mm-hmm. on the water in Tacoma. You mm-hmm. can't go down to Ruston because it's 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 facing the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, we'll take some generators and our DJ stuff mm-hmm. and 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 throw a little pop up parties. Those are fun too because especially. Especially, um, people that just happen to be down there. And again, we're playing like music that fits the environment. You know, we're not going down there and playing some, you know, high BPM, EDM music, you know, you're playing something that's kind of chill that, that goes against the setting of something you would want to hear during, mm-hmm. during a sunset. So it's, a uh, it's pretty fun.
0: So you DJ once a month at your, at your other place, any plans like do once a week or increase no, it? No,
1: I mean, uh, it, Because of my schedule of tattooing that comes first. And so the DJ thing, it's just for me, it's just a hobby. And so um, I'd rather just do one really good show a month Mm -hmm. instead of trying to spread myself too thin because the nights that I have to do that, I'm also like my own roadie. I have to stay until the end. I have to load up all the gear. And by the time I get home, I'm just completely exhausted and, and, you know, and, and, and tattooing full time and when I'm not tattooing, I'm having to draw and get my tattoos ready for the upcoming days and weeks ahead of me. So there's a lot of work that I do um when I'm not at work. Yeah. So uh
0: so what's the longest you like DJ like for hours, like two hours a time, three hours a time?
1: Typical sets about an hour, but you know, sometimes a little bit longer. Just mm. depends on how many people are playing or what the goal is for the night. Mm. You know, sometimes it just will me and my friends will just We'll go play each, you know, half hour, take turns, trade off. Sometimes you can play back to pack where, you know, you'll play a song or a track or two and then your buddy will play a track or two and and, and stuff like that. So it's fun. There's really no, like, rules to what you're doing. Okay. There's no, you know, one set thing. So, so next,
0: let's talk about Burning Man. <laughs> And so I don't think a lot of people know what Burning Man is. Like, they have no clue
1: what it I, is. I don't really. You can really even say what it is. It's, it's, yeah, it's that's Burning true, man. <laughs> can you go like a quick, like, Dummies 101, what, what it does? Uh, what it Burning is. Man, it becomes, like, the third largest city in Nevada every year. There's about 85,000 people. <laughs> that convey in a little town just outside of Gerlach it's about 80 miles north of Reno. It's on a, um, prehistoric lake bed. It's, uh, absent of any life. Nothing grows there. There's no bugs there. It's, um, the sand is alkaline. So everything it touches, it kind of corrodes. It's so, um, and so they build a city out there, uh, for one week. And it has an infrastructure. It has a Department of Public Works and a motor vehicle department and things like that. It's structured like a city. And then at the end of the week, they burn a big wooden man structure. And then when the when the thing is over, the goal is to leave no trace. But you, you know, 80,000 people go out there, turn it into a city. You know, you'll find whatever you're looking for out there. If you want to go out there and party your face off or if you just want to go out there and read a book, you know, it's... it's You'll find somebody that you can connect with out there, and,
0: and these eighty thousand people. This can't show up. Right? Like you have to apply, pay money. Yeah, you have to the buy process, a
1: but you have to bring all of your stuff into the desert and you have to cart all of your stuff out, all of your, you know, your, your, your food, your trash, your gray water. You know, there's and no, they is, don't sell how, anything there but ice. That's the only thing you can buy there. And how long does it there. last? It's seven days. Okay. So basically you ought to be self
0: sufficient self sufficient for seven days.
1: Yes. But I go, like when I go, I go with a camp of about 40 people. So we all have jobs and we all work together to have our camp, to have the things that we need to, to get us through the week and stuff and, and like that. And how long have you, you been going? Uh, 2013 was the first year I went.
0: Okay. So what made you want to go to in the first place?
1: Just hearing stories about it, seeing pictures. I I heard about it in the early, early nineties. I was living in the Bay area. I was getting tattooed in San Francisco and, and one of my friends was like, trying to tell me about it. it's like, Oh, it's just, they, I don't know, hippie fest thing in the desert where, you know, you just, there's no rules and you got to bring all your stuff in. And, you know, the young man I was like, that sounds stupid. Like, <laughs> I don't want to do that. And, and, uh, as, as I started kind of coming around a little bit more of the electronic music scene and, and music festivals and stuff like that, I, you know, it, seeing pictures of it. And I just wanted to experience the first time I went, I just wanted to, to do it just to see if I could do it. It's, mm. it's a, uh, it will definitely test you on all your senses. <laughs> there's, you love it like dirt throughout the week. You love it. You hate it. You don't know if you're going to make your way through that week. You don't, you know, you're sitting there and there's a sandstorm going for eight hours and you can't see your hand in front of your face. And you're like, why am I here? You know, but then there's other times where, you know, I'm standing next to Paris Hilton and mm. you're like, wow, this, this is pretty cool. <laughs> So it's a.
0: And do, do, do they like bring a live entertainment or stuff like that?
1: There's, oh, there's hundreds of stages and entertainments. There's bands. There's DJs. There's um, some of the most amazing art. There's these things, you know, the the art cars that people drive around. Some of these, you know, millionaire billionaire types, you know, build these mega things that are like, you know, a concert on wheels, <laughs> squirting fire and lasers and. So what's the
0: purpose of Burning Man? What's I mean, why do they do this every year? Just like bring people together and, and so they can do community
1: middle of nowhere. Or? It started in San Francisco with about eight people on a beach mm-hmm. and it's kind of grown from there. It's um there's nothing for sale there. It's it's a gifting community. Um uh there's there's some principles of Burning Man, you know, they're one of them being like radical self-inclusion. They mm-hmm. want everyone to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, um yeah, it's 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 more than words can really describe. Sometimes, yeah, you know, do your research on it, and you know, there's tons of of stuff you can see on YouTube. Everybody's going to have their own experience, and everybody's going to give you their own. Um, Take on what it is to them.
0: And you, you actually go with your daughters
1: too, right? Yeah, I've gone with my daughter before okay. twice. That's the experience.
0: The experience that with yeah. your daughters and stuff. Yeah, yeah.
1: And and her, her mom, my daughter, and uh, my ex wife, her mom went um, last year with us. So that was pretty cool for us to be able to go as a as a family unit. And so, like,
0: I'm guessing Burning because like it has its own city. Like, I'm, sure it was not, I'm sure they I'm sure have police, but like there's like, South Police and stuff going on to make sure. That oh no yeah, one no, does there's there, done. every
1: branch of law enforcement in the world is there. Okay, <laughs> whether you see them or not. Okay. You know, there's there's, you know, I'm. it's it's a kind of in a way of a counterculture movement. So I'm sure mm-hmm. there's, you know, so basically secret like, undercover black vans that are out there yeah. making sure that people aren't trying to overthrow the world. Yeah.
0: So how does someone get kicked out of Burning Man? Like, what do you have to do? Like, I guess have you something really, really bad? Get kicked oh, out you of you it.
1: get arrested there. I mean, having drugs, okay. you know, drinking and, you know, mm-hmm. being driving a car you you, yeah. you could get arrested there okay very easily there's right. there's there, it's a city there's you know there's emergency services there there's there's fire services there there's police services there um it's even laid out um like a grid there's a map of burning man you get an address of where you live oh, wow. at okay. burning man like you could have mail delivered at burning man. what <laughs> like, yeah oh that's pretty
0: intensive yeah um, what's the closest big city to it
1: uh uh reno reno okay
0: I don't know what the people of like that era think about the people coming every year, right? Like, is is the I it's think like, the
1: community that you drive through Gerlach, man. They have a very beautiful high school there. They yeah. have a nice. I'm pretty sure
0: they make money off all the people going to.
1: Well, yeah, there's so much space out there in Nevada that um, people store stuff there year round. So they'll come out there. People Mm -hmm. go out to that to the to the playa like months before to set it up Mm -hmm. and people stay out there months after to make sure everything's cleaned up. And there's a there's a perimeter around it called the trash fence to try and Mm -hmm. catch, you know, things that blow, you know. Yeah. The garbage they I mean we pick up every little piece of lint yeah. uh you know bottle cap thing that you could you know we scour our camp completely and then at the uh you know months later you actually get a report back from burning man where they go through and inspect the entire okay. grounds and you get what's called the moop report and it will show you if you left things there mm-hmm. and, and if you leave too much stuff or get a bad report you may not get your camp placement back the, the following okay. year um
0: I'm guessing the longer you go to Burning Man, the better your camp placement is.
1: Um, I don't know how that all works because that's all taken care of by somebody else okay. in my camp. I just okay. I just get my ticket through my camp and they just tell us where to go. Our, our, in order to, um, to get camp placement, your camp has to provide something, mm-hmm. I believe, to Burning Man. And what we provide is uh, we do shoe repair. We have a cobbler. Oh, wow. And you would be uh, surprised of how many people's shoes malfunction there or people only bring one pair of shoes or the soul just happens to fall out things just randomly break when you're at burning man that's a good point
0: do they give you like a packing list like a recommend packing like bring goggles oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there's
1: there's there's plenty of literature online you can you can find thousands of web pages because i'm guessing hashtag burning man and you'll pull up 80 million pictures of it
0: i'm guessing someone probably goes there oh i'll just take it's it's hot i'll just (laughs) i'll just i'll just bring sandals right like yeah
1: should have put you should have put a, a, a Burning Man video on YouTube. You could have. You, right. you, you, you could see what it looks like.
0: And so, how, do you plan on going to Burning Man like as long
1: as you can? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Last year was a rough one for me. Was it, was it? The, the? It was extremely hot. Mm. It was extremely windy. I, it uh, kind of kicked my ass. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I do have tickets to go this year. I have not made up my mind if uh, if I go. If I do not go, I will sell my tickets to somebody in my camp. So.
0: Actually, let me pull up a Burning
1: Man video. Yeah, pull it up. There's tons of them. <laughs> Just type in Burning Man 2022. That'll be from last year. <laughs> so that's the
0: burning man thing right there yeah
1: that's the actual man that they burned and like there's you know those are art cars there's just massive it's just crazy all the stuff that people bring out to this It's only seven days a year uh-huh. this is the night of the burn they bring all the art cars around it and they light it on fire
0: and i'm guessing like people all type of backgrounds come here like businessmen like there's college everything. students, every, every retirees that dude's butt-ass naked around oh yeah no
1: there's, there's plenty of naked people there like i said whatever you it's 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 not exactly lawless but it's you know it's kind of like you could have the most it's like absolute freedom really mm-hmm. nobody's gonna judge you really i mean what do you, what do you look at somebody and be like that's weird look around the whole thing yeah. you know what
0: what do you get what do you get find the most fun about it when you that go, i don't
1: have to be at work yeah My phone doesn't. Your phones don't work out there, Uh so you're completely cut off from civilization.
0: So there's no like selfies going on or the like. No, you can
1: have your phone, but there's no service. There's like I can't get a text or a phone call while I'm out there Mm -hmm. because there's not enough cell phone towers, and when you got ninety thousand people out there, it clogs up whatever. You know, however that stuff works, but... Yeah.
0: I was like, this is like a good fun time, but the military oh. spent all the time on the desert that I did. I don't know about spending seven days in the desert, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, but
1: you're around all, you know, people having fun. It's not...
0: That looks I mean, you probably right have the
1: training to to survive the desert for a week. Oh I mean, yeah, that would be, oh, yeah. Be, would be a piece of cake. Oh yeah, that would be piece cake. Because the first time I went, that was the first thing I thought of. It was like all of my friends who are veterans and soldiers, like like this is what they did for for years out in, in Iraq and Afghanistan without the partying. Yeah. But even after that first week, man, that I couldn't wait to have a shower and just a little, you know, I was so gross smelling, even though I tried to shower and stay clean. It's like impossible. So that person,
0: that is, what, what's the youngest person you've seen at Running Man?
1: i've seen babies there Have i don't you, know why people bring their babies there i don't know but about that either there was a pretty pretty famous picture of a baby at burning man that was standing by our art car and um uh, i think it was on like usa today or something and there was actually like there's a little sasquatch picture of me in the background of that photo i was like this is a trip but people are born there people die there someone dies there every year
0: so what do they do with all this artwork They just some so of it they down. burn,
1: some of it's some of it's burnt, and then some of it's like any of these big wooden. That structures. dude, he looks
0: hot as fuck. There's no I could do that.
1: <laughs> that, that. Like he's
0: on drugs or something. Ain't no fucking way. Big pig ass bunny
1: suit. You're supposed to ride around on a bicycle there, but lately, last year, there was a lot of uh, e-bikes. I looked at uh, the Thunderdome, like from Mad Max. You could go battle. There's all the bars are free. You can go drink for free. You have to bring your own cup.
0: Okay, I mean that's you, you could eat for
1: reasonable. free. You gotta bring your own plate and spoon. There's no, there's nothing provided. Nobody's gonna give you a, a plastic fork or a, a thing. You know, if you notice, there's no garbage, there's no garbage cans, no. everybody.
0: So you say everyone has to do something to the community, right? Like, no, like, you don't like, have to. Like you, like just... you do cobbler shoes, like.
1: that. That's, our, that's what our camp does. That's what our camp does to get placement through the Burning Man organization. Okay. I mean, you can just show up and find it as long you know when if you're not part of a camp or say you just want to show up, you can just go just show up and find a blank space of land and plant your flag, and that's okay. where you camp. Some of the spaces are reserved for the for the for the camps, mm-hmm. but when you get there, you know everything's kind of like laid out and stuff like that. So, so, do you get any sleep during these seven days? Oh yeah, uh, two of the nights I was asleep by eleven p.m. <laughs> I'm an early person. I'm not a late night person.
0: I want to, I'm pretty sure people got married here too. I'm yeah, guessing. yeah,
1: people get married there.
0: It's just like a wild experience.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's an assault on all of your senses. <laughs> uh, let's just make sure I don't pull up your Pornhub video. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> This looks like some fancy DJ gear right here. You got all yeah. these buttons and I like to project stuff like this when I'm doing my DJ sets too. Sometimes I, especially at my, at the tattoo shop, cause the walls are all white. I've got a cu- couple of projectors. So it's fun to put that stuff on the walls. So,
0: um, besides going to, uh, Burning Man every day. Is there anything special you want to do? Like, do you ever want to do a tattoo there? Like, do a DJ thing there? Or,
1: um, yeah, I have done the DJ things there, which was fun. Last year, I took my stuff, but by the time I got there, I was I didn't really do much DJing because I was tired. <laughs> I was just like, eh, I don't want to drag all. I don't want to unpack all of my stuff. That's like a what? So I tripped over it for a whole week in my trailer. I'm like, that's like a 14 hour drive, right? Yeah, here. it's about 15. Okay. I usually, um, I break it up into into like a day and a half. The mm-hmm. first, I use, I typically will leave Tacoma on Saturday morning and I'll try and get down to a place called Alturas, California. Mm-hmm. And you're only, a, from there, you're only a couple out, like two, I think two or three hours away from the front gate of Burning Man. Okay. So I can get a hotel, get a nice meal, get mm-hmm. a good night's sleep, shower, all that stuff. Take, what, take you so know, what, yeah, 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 your last yeah. shower for seven days. Yeah, yeah, stop off at the last fuel stop before going in, fill up my gas cans, things like that for my generators. I'm and surprised I don't have showers out.
0: there, honestly, because those are all kind of like, you know,
1: you get there, they're there, but you got to bring your own. Yeah. I, I mean, I brought a solar shower. Yeah. We have a, we have a, um, like a kiddie pool that we use for like an EVAP mm. station. Cause you can't even pour your water on the ground there. They don't want, oh, they, don't, yeah, they don't want any, they don't want oh, that wow. to damage any, okay. they don't want it to damage the ground at all. You always to leave no trace and you can't be throwing like black water with like soap and things like that. Yeah. If you know, you got 80,000 people just dumping that oh, yeah. stuff on That's the ground, it's going to, it's going to kind of pollute the area and That's stuff like that. So you have to really, you have to do a little bit of forward thinking of the things you're going to, that you're going to take out there. Even the, the food and stuff that I pack, I make sure I take all the packaging mm. and extra garbage and things. like that because you can't just go throw so let's suppose
0: that you know you threw like a gallon of dirty water on the ground. Does someone come and say, you "Hey, you could
1: get fined by the Department of Public Works there." Okay, okay. So, um, so someone, they go around and inspect okay. like our Like one year at, at Burning Man, we had an RV that was, uh, um, its freshwater tank was leaking on mm-hmm. the ground, and they, you know, they they came over and raised holy hell okay. and wanted us to dig the dirt out and and take it with us and stuff like that because they didn't they didn't know if it was freshwater, gray water, mm-hmm. black water, but like, you know, they there's people that walk around and inspect the camps and okay. things like that to make sure people aren't so
0: you've been. Going since 2013 ever you go back do you hang out with the same people or you link yeah up? I
1: mean I have a, I have kind of like a core group of people okay. from um, most of them are from Tacoma but we've got we've got people from all over the place in, okay. our, in our camp and stuff and every year you make more friends and mm-hmm. you know the more you, it's obviously the more you do it the more people you'll yeah but we'll do it and not everybody goes every year so sometimes yeah. you know I have a cousin that lives in in uh, Manchester England and she f- she flies all the way over and I have some other friends that live, that live down in Mexico that that come up so when they're coming in from another country you know you have to kind of help them facilitate mm-hmm. to, to do all of that stuff so it's kind of fun being able to you know help some of my friends and family you know experience it as well whereas it, like if you were just coming over from England like trying to get all the camping gear and yeah. get all this, this stuff it would almost it would be really really difficult if you didn't have help on this side of uh, in the country
0: so i'm guessing most of the people you, you meet in Man are like really great people have a fun time with them i'm guessing you meet like very few jackasses or i assholes. met a couple of
1: jackasses yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's always a few you know especially the, the first couple of days everybody's you know their endorphins are all kicking in mm-hmm. cuz it's it's a lot of work to get there you you basically waste your whole summer planning for this one week, everything. I got to do this for Burning Man. I got to yeah. do this for Burning Man. I got to do this for Burning Man. At least that's how it was for me last year, you know, and then packing and repacking and making sure you have it. Then you got to make sure your vehicles and in, in working order because, you know, I've I've had mechanical issues on the way down yeah. there. You know, one of my friends hit a deer on the way down there one year, like you're going through the woods. There's just, it's like every step of the way to get there is just a challenge. And then while you're there, it's, it's, it's a challenge so the week and then you then you have to drive home after you're just completely dehydrated you're completely wrecked you've sunburnt everything else and now you got to drive home 15 hours if you're pulling a trailer or you know things like that so it's a it's a lot of work and then you need another week after you get back just to put your head on straight to decompress to go back into the real world because you've been in this like magical universe for a week where you don't need money and things like that. And all of a sudden you're like, you walk into the store and you're like, Oh shit, I, I need money to buy this, this thing I need.
0: And Burning Man, it's like 24 seven. Yeah. Something always going on. Oh yeah. It's- so like from your time there, is it better like do the stuff to are daytime or the nighttime? <laughs> I, it,
1: some people are day burners, some people are night burners. Okay. Like it just depends. I mean, I, I I like the desert in the morning. I'm a, I love watching the sun like getting up early and watching the sunrise. I don't like to stay up all night and watch the sunrise because but I just can't handle that. Um, uh, so I I like to go to bed every night and get up especially when it's when it, when it's nice and cool out in the desert before it gets too hot. It's it's just quiet and. And and so
0: With all the stuff going on, the music, noise, like I guess you have to be really, really be tired to go to sleep, right?
1: Yeah, I get earplugs or okay.
0: noise canceling headphones or something.
1: Yeah. Have a few have whiskey, you know, that'll help you sleep. <laughs> uh you get through it somehow. <laughs> yeah.
0: You suffer through. Suffer through. Yeah, I might have to go with you one day. That sounds like a good time. Another bucket list thing to do. So next, uh, let's talk about psychedelics. So, yeah. So, psychedelics, of course, you know, it's illegal in most places. And the one thing, like, I'll, I'll tell people, like, I can't speak for all military veterans, but pretty much every military veteran I know is either, like, doing marijuana, mushrooms, or LSD, right, for mental health, depression, stuff like that, right?
1: But you can take it because it's fun, too.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's another two thing, too, right?
1: <laughs>
0: and, like, psychedelics is, like, it had a own neg- ne- negativity back in the day, right? You know, President Nixon made a schedule one, you know, that kind of stuff. It isn't like it's making a comeback now, right?
1: Well, I, I mean, as a, as a teenager, I mean, I loved Acid. Like, I, you know, I was never a pothead. Um... I've never fucked around with pills, or I've I've known enough people in my life to know what drugs to take, what drugs like not to take. And I, I especially being an artist, I when I discovered psychedelics, I drew on those experiences to help me create art and things like that. For me, it was like inspiration. It was just kind of like being able to, you know, watch the trees wiggle and things like that. And when and 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 doing it when you're 16, you're just your main purpose is not to get caught by your parents. <laughs> so I don't know if you really can fully like enjoy it then i remember just being in my bedroom being up all night on acid and every little noise would be like oh no my mom she knows she knows like you know and uh and <laughs> i i'm i'm glad to see that you know our society is uh coming around at least being t- at least open to the to the thought of it i mean these these things have been around our societies and, and tribes for thousands and thousands of years like um you know and there they're, i definitely believe that there's good that can come from it it's plant medicine
0: yeah and it's amazing how many, how many people are on the side of psychedelics you never thought would be on their side like most people don't this so i'm from texas texas is pretty conservative last four years the texas uh, state house has given like five million dollars for the psychedelic research for veterans uh former texas governor uh rick perry like, like ultra conservative he's a big psychedelic supporter right like if you said back in the day rick perry would support psychedelics like you're lying right but he's a big supporter. It's amazing how many people on the both sides of the political spectrum are like, oh, no, there's something for, it. at least we got to study what it does, right?
1: Well, at least, it, and, and it, you know, they've mushrooms have been around for thousands of years, you know, but you, you might end up naked on YouTube if you take too many of them, but you're not going to die. Like, you know, certain pharmaceutical drugs yeah, there's, like yeah, that there's, or the no, side, yeah, there's no way know, to overdose on psychedelics. You know, side effects of marijuana might be you might eat too much Taco Bell or something yeah. like that. Or
0: I mean, the stories of this, you know, if you drink a, a bottle of Jack Daniel's. You're gonna start a fight. You smoke a pound of weed. You're just gonna eat a pound of Doritos. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You know, and especially when you're on psychedelics, your your one goal is not to get hurt. Like, I don't yeah. get hurt. <laughs> yeah. Some things like you, you definitely don't want to
0: drive. You know, probably don't want to be on a high rise apartment building. Uh, yeah, the yeah, roof. Yeah, yeah. You
1: know, or the thought of like going to the hospital or something on you know on a psychedelic would be a, a very horrible experience. So you just want to you know just set and setting be safe now do you have a preference for
0: like lsd or mushrooms
1: oh i can't either one of them i um I don't have the time dedicated yeah. to them. I've. I mean, it's pretty much a day. At least I've a day my long experience. I've microdosed mushrooms, which are, which were cool. Um, uh, the last time I took acid was like years ago. I was on. Yeah. A, I was down in Mexico, and and you know it was just one of those. Me and my me and my one of my best friends were down there. We were down in Tulum, and and I had hit a leftover hit acid from, from. I don't even remember where I got it from. We were like, hey man, let's let's split this, and and we took it, and it was like the most profound experience mm. I ever had. It was like twenty hours of like. <laughs> astonishment so uh, after after that after that i was like i think i got i think i'm good for a while like you know you hear the story of like steve jobs went down to you know mexico took acid and did what he did you know so it uh-huh. was uh i felt like i was on the simpsons or something i was walking along the beach and just watching the clouds like bend in yeah. half
0: yeah you definitely see a lot of interesting things Doing that stuff.
1: I mean, it'd be nice to see it to see it legal and decriminalized, mm-hmm. you know, so that way at least people who want to experience it can have access to it and they can be safe. I mean, you know.
0: I mean, I'd much rather have someone take LSD or mushrooms than you know, buy some, you know, cocaine and fend it off the street. Oh, God. You know?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. You have no idea what you're getting into. Um, So you, do you still do mushrooms?
1: No, not really. No, not really. Not really. Again, it's like, you know, maybe at a music festival or okay. something like that. It just, it has to be the right place and time. Yeah. It's not, yeah, yeah, it has it's right not place. like Wednesday afternoon. I just got home from work. Oh, I'll take some mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> yeah.
0: Can't believe man, I had a hard day at work and drinking beer. Or I'll not take some acid instead. Mushrooms
1: are always one of those things that like, as soon as I take them and they kick in them, I feel gross. I'm like, oh, why did mm-hmm. I, this, that sounded more fun than this was. So they always just kind of remind me that I, that I, I don't really like them that much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Other than the microdose, I mean, when you microdose them, you don't feel them, but you know, you just yeah. kind of feel happy. I know that's a that big little- thing.
0: Like people don't realize, a lot of entrepreneurs do microdosing right because you know you take like one tenth of a dose every four days, and like it really like focuses you right. At least I've been I've been seeing right. Do you focus you? you got you know? I know a lot of entrepreneurs do that. So micro- microdose is a big thing. And so another thing you do, I always, I can never say the word. It's where you get it's a ayahuasca, something like that. Ayahuasca. I can never I can never say that fucking word. <laughs> ayahuasca. How how is that?
1: Um, it's it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's the, like, that's the that's the whole weekend thing, right? Yeah, it's a it's a it's um it's a brew that's made from two different uh, plants out of the Amazon that you drink, and the the on's about maybe about the first hour it's kind Mm -hmm. of a slow come on and
0: and so what's the purpose of doing this? like to enlighten your mind or free you from mental stress or what what do people usually do that ceremony
1: i i i I turned i turned to it to use it as as medicine like Mm -hmm. i wasn't trying to to take it as um oh let's fry it out let's drink some ayahuasca like you know we all have our traumas we all have Mm -hmm. our things and and as humans that we you know uh, we try and work out and work through. And, and for me, it, I, I, I've, I've, I've only done two ceremonies, but it's uh, it's um, I think it had a profound effect on me, but I got out of it what I, what I was kind of searching for it, it. um Yeah. You just get to, you get to really just connect with yourself in ways that, that you wouldn't normally be able to, I don't know. It just kind of, it was, it's hard. It's one of those things that's hard, hard to explain.
0: So don't get the details, but like, like, how does one find a person to do this right? I mean, she, she just can't Google, right. you know, like, how, you have there to There are save.
1: churches. There are churches. Is it okay? It, it's, um, there, uh, there are churches in America that you can be part of and, and, know and take it as a ceremony. Yeah. Okay. You know, because of under the Freedom of Religion Act, because it's. Oh, wow. That's
0: a good point. Yeah. So you're planning on doing it again, or you're done with it too?
1: I, I don't know. It's um, I haven't put much thought into it. Yeah. It's just like one of those. I uh, I did it. I got out what I needed out of it. I feel like if you're one of those people that tries to do it every weekend, then you're yeah. maybe not. Yeah. You're maybe not. You're, you're kind of defeating the purpose of that. You know yeah. those people. It's like well, it's not addictive, but I've done it 300 times. It's yeah, like I do it every day. Yeah. Uh, you know.
0: I know we're like taking it out of the day. Like you, 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 I know you can't take it every day because the tolerance builds up, and then like. What can you really get out of taking every day, right? I always try to yeah. take it I like mean, maybe when once you a month. when you
1: drink ayahuasca, you're gonna at you, some point you're gonna purge. You're gonna puke you like your guts out, you're gonna shit your guts out, yeah. like you your body just cleansing itself. You have to file follow a, a specific diet, you know. It's you have a shaman that that hosts the ceremony that that guides you through everything and through, you know, song and music and you know, sometimes there's a um, some chanting, the the, mm-hmm. the the group activity and stuff like that. And these but people, the, like these
0: people, you never met before in your life. Like no, okay. I so.
1: mean, I've I've done it with people that I know, but I've also done it with strangers who become your friends after mm-hmm. you have this bonding experience yeah. through all of that. stuff. How many and, people
0: is like a ten person thing or this there's depends? There's
1: some, I don't know. There's some. It I guess it just depends on how the person. Who's ever facilitating it? i mean there's some people out there that try and do it to they're solely to make money you know mm-hmm. what i mean then try yeah. and exploit all that especially with this stuff getting popular you know uh, again you can go on youtube and just see all these people that that you know you, you can see they're probably charging these people way yeah. too much money for what they're getting out of it i don't yeah. know it's it's
0: that'd be my favorite like how do you pick the right person to do know they're doing the right thing not ripping you off you know like yeah
1: yeah i would be a, i would be afraid to, to go down like and like, say, like down in Peru and not have mm-hmm. some sort of contact down yeah. there, you know, because there's a lot of people that like anything, they're going to try and take advantage of you some or dumbass you American, or you know, type of thing.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think side is a good thing, right? If you, if you use correctly, right? And I know there's definitely been a lot of research about mental health and depression and stuff like that. It's I know a lot of military veterans, they put on like, you know, all this all these pills, right, didn't help. And they like do... On the own, like, do psychedelics, what do you want to call it? Like, they have a lot more. Um,
1: yeah, and especially if it can help you guys. I mean, yeah. you know, I know a lot of my friends have been through way tougher stuff than I've ever seen in my life. And I, you know, trying to process that, especially when yeah. you know, people are so young and going into, like, the, the military. I've, I've not been in the military, so I can't really mm-hmm. speak of some of that stuff but I yeah. just know I've, I've had friends that, that have a lot they they have struggles because of their times in the military yeah I just stuff. like the
0: way it opens their eyes to see the war in different ways right you know like yeah you see some crazy stuff well
1: no, th- one of the things that I like about, uh, the, 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 about psychedelics is it creates empathy like you oh yeah yeah you, you have more feelings for people in the world and things like that around you. I think, yeah. you know, it's, it's we, to me it's like, touching all of that. We all live in our own little box in mm-hmm. our own little squares, and we're all isolated and things like that. And Yeah,
0: and you see, like, how things operate and things, like, do, you know, how everything's designed. And, like, one thing, like, when I take it, like, I, I just notice how much cars are, like, you know, like, not a part of nature, right? Whenever you see a car go by, like, you can hear the noise and the pollution coming out of the car, right? This craziness. And one time I, I was on it, and um, my wife, we had like bought a bunch of spiders on the porch, and my wife always knocks the spiders down. So one time I was on the front porch, right? And the spider said, Hey, uh, Mr. Jason, can you tell your wife to stop killing my house, right? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting, right? But it's a fun time, right? Yeah. It uh, uh, will be any ever legalized. I don't know. I know there's an uh, assertion called MAPS. <laughs> Um, I can't remember what stands for something for study psychedelics, and they're, they've been over on since 1986. So they're trying to get it legalized and stuff. So I don't know if it would be legalized, but they just need to go do research. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've I've done my experimentation with it, but it's just like again, it's I, at this stage of my life, it's I've got so much going on. That yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, because it does. You know, you just can't take it. You can't, you can't be like I want. I want to drink a beer, take a take a hit. You're like. You got to set a whole day but aside. I think if people
1: want to experience that, they should have the right to do it. I don't, I don't, I have never yeah. felt that any type of psychedelic experience should yeah. be criminalized or, no. or, or, you know, you know, put you in jail because you're wanting to, you know, expand your consciousness.
0: Yeah, exactly right. Cool. Um, so we'll come back to this in a minute. So next, um, Let's talk about your tattoo business real fast.
1: Yeah, that, that I can talk a lot about. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not as I'm, I'm not as, as deep into the psychedelics as I am tattooing. but <laughs> Yeah.
0: So tattooing. Um, so first, a lot of people don't realize you're a tat- tattoo artist, right? Own a tattoo shop. You're also an entrepreneur, right? Can you talk to ch- about the channel? Like, no, ha- doing your art stuff versus also making sure your business makes money.
1: That's the that's the that's the that's the hardest part. <laughs> you know, having to I have to create art every day in order to make my business survive. I have to be creative every day. I have to be on point. I can't, you're not allowed to have a bad day as a tattoo artist. Um, and so you're, you're trying to take people's ideas and turn them into something and put them on there. So that way they can come get tattooed, enjoy what you do. And in return, I can generate revenue to pay my rent and keep my business going. It's, I mean, um, I do feel like I have an amazing job because I have been fortunate enough to make my life off of making art and, and putting it on people. Um, I started tattooing when I was 17 years old. So I, I, started in 1989. So, um, it's been a long, long time. I was in high school. I, um, kind of a funny story going back to psychedelics. I went over to this guy's house to buy some acid (laughs) and um when i went over to his house i was about 16 years old uh I, in his kitchen there was a little makeshift tattoo setup, and i and i asked my buddy i was like hey what's what's going on here and he's like oh this guy's over here is doing tattoos and i was like really and he's like yeah yeah he just ran to the store to go get something and and I, at this time when I was about 16 I was a, I was a punk rocker I had a mohawk I uh, my parents were they were super cool and about you're in it New Mexico, New yeah Mexico, I was right? living in Albuquerque and my parents were super cool about it but my mother she's from New York so when she talks like this you know she's very brash and and the, the line in the sand for her was I wanted my ear pierced for some dumb reason you know and so every day you know I'd come to and from school I'd be taking this stupid earring in and out of my ear my ear was all crusty and red and my mom would be like take that shit out of your ear you look fucking stupid and so when i came across the tattoo section of it when i discovered tattooing i was like oh this will really piss her off because there's no fucking way she's gonna make me take off this tattoo i felt you know like bart simpson before there were the simpsons like you know and so i was just like sign me up and and so i got a Rocky the Flying Squirrel on my arm. And the reason why I picked that was I remember earlier that week I was standing at like the lunch line in high school and like one of the football players had like a Tasmanian devil with boxing gloves on tattooed on his arm. I thought it was fucking stupid. And so I was just like, well, we'll get, get Rocky the Flying Squirrel. It's, it's still kind of, it's been covered up a few times. But that introduced me to tattooing. Um, when, uh, while I was sitting there getting tattooed by this guy, he had like a portfolio of his of his artwork and I was like, oh shit, like, um, I can draw better than this guy. So <laughs> that you, so, was you, my theory. so you you're an artist before you started tattooing? Yeah, I was, I was doing uh, screen printing. I was doing like linoleum printing. I did really amazing art and teachers. And were you like a self-taught artist? Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, you know, they wanted me to play football, but I wanted to draw pictures. Mm -hmm. Like that's I've I've always kind of just like operated on my own Mm -hmm. frequencies of stuff. I've never been into like the normal shit that Mm -hmm. people around me were into. I just wasn't into the latest types of shoes Mm -hmm. or the most popular thing. It's just I was I've been creative my whole that's for as long as I've known. And so. um you know, my parents, they, they bought me art supplies when I was younger. They encouraged me being an artist. Uh, I was doing oil painting by that time. And in middle school and high school, I had the most amazing art teachers, even better than any professors I had in college. And, um, um, and so when I was getting tattooed from this guy, I was just like, you know, this is kind of cool. I want to, I want to learn more about it. And at the time there wasn't, of course, there was an internet, but there wasn't a lot of literature on tattooing. There's only maybe a couple of books that were published on tattooing. So there was very, very limited information about tattooing. So the next step for me was... Um, there was only one tattoo shop in the town that I lived in and there was a big motorcycles parked out in front of it and things like that. And so walking into a tattoo my first time I walked into that tattoo shop, it was scary as fuck. You know, it was like 17 at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, I walked in there and I was like, Hey, I want to learn how to tattoo. And they're like, you don't get the fuck out of (laughs) here. And, and you know, and so I, I get, I I get thrown out of this tattoo shop. Like one time I went in there, I'm like, what kind of black ink do you guys use? Like get the fuck out of (laughs) here. And, um, So the guy who did my first tattoo, he had like this makeshift homemade fucking basically like a prison style tattoo machine because living in New Mexico, everybody had that that uncle or their cousin that just got out of the pinta, bro. And I'll show you how to make a gun. And so I made some janky ass homemade tattoo machine and a friend of mine came over one Saturday night and asked me to do a tattoo on him. And I did a Tasmanian devil on him. I fucked it all up. And uh, he went back to school, and the next day, like my phone started ringing off the off the hook.
0: And that's when you knew you want to be a tattoo <laughs> well, artist. That was, that
1: was where well, that's just kind of like where it was starting. And um, like you were
0: like, I, I can make money off this.
1: That wasn't even making money off of it. For me, it was just a different medium. It was just another form of making art. It was the, the thought of having a job that I didn't have to go to work until noon, and people were going to pay me money for <laughs> it was far from my tattooing. Was it was it was so underground then there wasn't, There wasn't like walking into Walgreens now and seeing someone with half their face tattooed. It was like, if people, you had a tattoo, people like they, they'd stop and like, kind of stare at you like at a you, restaurant like you or must things have, like that. You, you yeah, must have just got out of
0: prison or
1: something, you know, or they either you, you way, went I, got my, I got my gang. sleeves done in my twenties and people always thought I was a, in a band. I'd go to a restaurant. Hey, you guys in a band. That was the most question that was asked every time I went somewhere. And, um, and so I knew I, you know, I was doing these janky little homemade tattoos. And I knew that's not what I wanted to do. I I, I ran into a guy who had a, a black and gray single needle portrait done. And it was like a moment of epiphany for me. Like time stood still and it was it didn't even look like a needle had broken. It looked like something that was airbrushed on the skin. And I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to do tattoos like that, and so that kind of put me on my path because I didn't even know things like that could even. How exist. did your mom react
0: when you told her that?
1: Well, that's that's the funnier thing because my mom beat the shit out of me when I when she when I woke up that third day with the <laughs> tattoo, but then she came home. I was like two hours or three hours early from work one day. I'm at the dining room table. I'm carving up one of the kids from down the street. My buddy's cleaning a sack of weed. You know, my other friend's drinking a beer. We're all acting like grownups. And my mom walks in and she's like, what the hell are you doing? You're going to get AIDS. You're going to die. Like this was 1989. Like People were dying from AIDS and, you know, here I am, you know, bloody kid, you know. And then two days later their parents would call screaming at me, you know what your son did to my son? I I'd go to pick up a girl for a date and she'd tell her parents that I did tattoos and she'd go to her room to get her purse or something. And the dad would like fucking grab me by my throat. And she comes home with a fucking tattoo. I'll fucking kill you. And, you know, we'd be going to the movies. Oh, I want to get a tattoo from you. I'd be like, I I don't know. I don't think that's such a good idea. (laughs) Your dad's a cop.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. Um,
1: And so that was a, that was about when I was about 17 and I knew at, at some point I needed an apprenticeship. mm -hmm. And so I had kept going into this shop in Albuquerque. It's still there at the name of the studio is a uh, Route 66 uh, fine line tattoo. It's owned by a man named Brian Everett. He was a pioneer in portrait black and gray tattooing. Still is an, a, an amazing person who I still look up to. He was like a, he was like a stepdad to me. He was, uh, I learned a lot from, from that man. And, um, But they used to, like I said, they used to just throw me out of the shop all the time when when I went in there. And so one morning, uh, his associate was at a breakfast restaurant and I saw him sitting at a table having his breakfast and I literally cornered him. And I was like, look, dude, I want to learn how to fucking do this. How do I do this? And he's like, he's like spitting egg all over me and shit. He's like, you got to go fucking get an apprenticeship. Fucking. You know, but I'm not going to do it. You're going to have to leave the state because there was only the one tattoo shop in Albuquerque at the time. This was in 1992, and um, I, I was doing like construction and shit like that, and just out of high school. And uh, and I knew that I wanted to do tattooing, and so I sat down. I didn't even have a map. I opened up the phone book because I had the area codes on there. I'm like, well, where the fuck do I want to go? And I was like, I don't want to go to Texas. I don't want to go to Arizona. I don't know. Utah. I was like Denver. And so, like a week later, I, I popped in my car and drove up I twenty five and went to Denver and just started knocking on doors. And and um, I walked into the shop in Denver who happened to be friends with the people in Albuquerque. And so while I was in there, kind of hitting them up for an apprenticeship, they were calling down in Albuquerque like, "Hey man, this you know this guy's down here, kind of dropping your name." Like, what the fuck? And the tattoo shops back then they all knew one another because yeah. tattoo was very small yeah. you know you coming in there like hey man and so and so sent me up here you know what i mean they're gonna fucking they're gonna check that shit they're gonna check your <laughs> references and you know they 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 did they gave me my shot and then years later i was uh i was at a tattoo convention and i ran into to um brian and cap and i <laughs> i uh You know, I walked up to them and I I thanked them and and they they kind of blew them away because I actually did what they told me to do. I went out and I did it and then I went back and I thanked them. And then so about 1996, there was a, a position that opened in that company and I was living in the Bay Area at the time and the owner called me up middle of the night, offered me a job. And so it was kind of like it was like get like asked to be picked up into the you know up into the big leagues i couldn't go back to sleep that night i was so excited to, to go from a shop that i used to get thrown out of to now they're asking me to come work for them and this was this shop at the time was a, a highly published studio because at the there was tattoo magazine stuff back then over the internet or instagram things like that so you're you got your exposure through printed magazines and the, so this shop always was in press and had a lot of stuff people would fly in from all over the world to get tattooed at the shop so it was kind of cool going from this little you know kitchen scratcher to working at one of the best shops in the country at the time and and um, it was a cool feeling
0: so how did your own apprenticeship experience affect you when you, when you bring on apprenticeships or people apprentices, apprentices for you what do you mean like you know how do you experience like you you went through getting an apprenticeship out you know getting rejected get the fuck out of your kid and finding one. Well, how's that affecting you? Bring someone on.
1: Oh, I, I, I don't even know. <laughs> um, I've only apprenticed just a couple of people, so it's every everybody has kind of like their own, you know, story mm-hmm. in tattooing. Okay. <laughs> and so, and
0: as far as being a tattoo artist, like I know some people only do color, some people only do black and white. Like, wh- why is that? Like. To me, it not like, you know, someone like, if I go to a tattoo artist, hey, I want to do this tattoo. Oh, I only do elephants, Right. It is like when tattoo artists do that; they're they're locking themselves out of making money. Like, why do some artists? Yes or no,
1: or they might just get people that only want elephants. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's not. um, I've when I when I started tattooing, I worked at the it was like the what's called the street shop. It's like people just walk in. You Mm -hmm. you took whatever came in the door. Mm -hmm. Especially back then, you couldn't be picky if you wanted Mm -hmm. to pay your rent. I had kids and diapers, like so. I learned real quick to to do a lot of different styles of Mm -hmm. tattooing, but. You know, some people, they're just good at, you know, like some people are really good at pouring concrete, but they can't do electrical work. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Some people. So you, you know, you, you find what works for you. So
0: why or when did you decide to go and start your own company?
1: Uh, I started Tsunami in... Two thousand. I moved to Washington in nineteen ninety eight. I moved up here to raise my kids. Um, I didn't want to raise them in Albuquerque because I grew up there.
0: Did you already have a tattoo job before you moved up here?
1: Yeah, I worked at a, I worked at a studio called Lucky Devil Tattoo up on Capitol Hill. It was an it was an awesome shop. I I really loved working there. Is it still open? No, it's not around anymore. The building's been torn down. It's some wood fired gelato bullshit on fucking Twelfth Avenue. Um, But I was living in Tacoma and I was commuting to Seattle every day and, and, You know, especially when you're sitting at a tattoo shop eight nine hours and you had a slow day and didn't make any money. It's like you it's a it's a long drive home and a rainy dark I five night. You know, when you're feeling bad about your life, and so I was like, well, if I'm gonna sit around a tattoo shop and not you know do anything, I might as well be ten minutes from home. And there comes a point in your career. You know, if if you're a tattooer, some people they want to progress. I've wanted to do everything. I've wanted to. I tattooed. I wanted to do conventions. I wanted to be printed in magazines. I wanted a tattoo in different countries and travel around the world and I've accomplished all of those things and so when it came time for me to open my shop that was just the next challenge I had managed the shop for six years in Albuquerque so I kind of had a handle so on, you know, you know on the, business. the business side of it and 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 stuff like that so I had a, I had a great teacher in that aspect of it and so even before I opened the shop, I mean, um, I, I had at least I had the basic knowledge of what I was doing and what I needed to accomplish. And I had opened uh, several other shops with people. My other boss at one point, we had a second location. So I've seen all the different processes from beginning to end of like what you've got to, the process of, of, of starting a tattoo studio. And it's just a lot of work. It was a lot of sitting there and being I opened on 38th Street in Tacoma in October of 2000. And I didn't know a single person in Tacoma. I was working in Seattle. I lived in Tacoma. And um, so it was just sitting there with a a sign on the road that said tattoo, you know, hoping that, you know, somebody would come in. I knew I was close to the Tacoma Mall and we were close to Fort Lewis. So we tattooed a lot of soldiers at that shop, especially during after 9-11. I was at work on 9-11. Um, you know the Ranger Battalion. There was there were years where it seemed like they just lived at the tattoo shop. Those guys were getting tattooed all the time. And and uh,
0: now I think you did a post on Instagram a while back, maybe pretty recently, where an uh, uh, army guy you tattooed 20 years ago came back. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, he um he would he was stationed here and uh and did a couple tours in in iraq and stuff and every time he'd come back uh he'd just come in to get a bunch of tattoos and he just happened to be back in tacoma last week with his family visiting old, some of his old army buddies and stuff and he came by the shop and i actually had an old photo portfolio mm-hmm. with those photographs in there from 20 years ago and was able to you know took nice. pictures so you can see how tattoos age you know? yeah. i've been tattooing long enough to, to to see what one of my tattoos looks like you know 20 25 30 years later so
0: so back to you moving to Washington, like why Washington versus all
1: the places you need to move My to? My ex wife had some family up here. Okay, so. okay, and we were just we we wanted to get out of New Mexico.
0: Okay, all right. So back back to the business. You start your business on 38th Street, like. When you start your business, do you have like a cash reserve, like take care of bills. are <laughs> no. you know, or you're just like <laughs> no. I want to do it,
1: dude. The first day I opened that shop, I didn't even have money to buy lunch, dude. They're not going to give you a business loan to open a tattoo shop, especially in what two thousand. Like I, you know i uh I, I scraped every last set i had like i i went to second hand stores to get shit like I knew i was gonna open a shop and so i a year prior to that i started to collect the little things a trash bag u b and a's of shit you gotta buy to own a business like you know a, chair, and, and were, a you the, were you the only artist yeah i okay. started this i started the shop by myself i worked there by myself for about a year before i hired anybody on um and uh you know so the
0: business starts. You're kind of struggling. What happened? You're like, okay, I'm actually gonna make money. I'm actually. It still hasn't happened. No, yeah, I don't know. You're doing pretty well. COVID's happened. Yeah,
1: this has happened. It's always something. You know, it's everything costs money. You know, I, I, I tattoo. I do it because I love doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the biggest thing. The, the hardest part now is I'm just getting a little bit older, so I can't, I can't do it like I used to. <laughs> my body hurts. My brain hurts. So yeah, I remember
0: you did a tattoo the other day, and you posted on Instagram. It was a badass tattoo, but like, this fucking killed my back. I
1: still can't stand up straight right now. I hobbled in here. I looked like the Hobbit when I came home from work last night. Like, I tattooed this woman's throat, and I was literally like standing upside down for a couple, like just putting my body in this wacky ass position to make sure that her tattoo was done right. So, yeah. Um, yeah it's 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 challenging as learning to tattooing now that i've been getting older i'll be 51 on tuesday so (laughs) i hope i still got a few good years left of me so that's why i'm real selective on the the tattoos that Mm -hmm. i do now because i feel that i have you know more years behind me than ahead of me in in tattooing
0: so when doing a tattoo design like how does it work like if someone comes here you draw me a snake on the back of my neck do you just draw the snake the back of the neck or do you like like, what's the process as far as like artists and, and customers? I book
1: them an appointment, and then I and then I I design them something when it's when I'm with myself. I don't mm. I don't draw in front of people. Okay. I don't produce things in front of people. You know, I just everybody has their own creative processes and, you know, mine just when it comes, it comes. I and mean, I'll be driving to work and I'll get an idea of how I want to do something. I can't explain it. It's just the how artist brain works. You're like, you know, or somebody asks for something and I've got tons of books at my house and references and stuff like that. So like it's kind of like a flow chart of I know mm. where I'm going to go to kind of look to, to find resources or references and stuff like that. Sometimes people just bring a sticker and they just want that. So it's not every time I'm sitting down a tattoo, I'm reinventing the wheel. Yeah. It's not like a,
0: it's not going to work art every time, right?
1: Yeah. And I mean, there's a balance between my own ego and it's the person's tattoo. Mm -hmm. So it's like, my job is to give you the the best tattoo Mm -hmm. that something that you want, but it can't just all be like, Oh, you only got to get what I want to give you. Like, so it's, it's there, there's, there's that kind of two sides of it.
0: So when you bring on new artists to your to your shop, what do you look for?
1: Oh, well, they got to be good. They got to have a good personality, professionalism. You know, there's just, a, they got to be the whole package. You know, we have, I really am. I get to work with really amazing people every day. So many different styles and, 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 you know, just positive people. I, I you know, it also takes this one bad apple in any, company or job and it could make everything change the chemistry of stuff. So,
0: and how do you find your artists? Like, is like, is like word of mouth people refer them to you. You do Ta- Tattooing's a
1: community of people. Everybody kind of knows okay. everybody. There's a network of sorts, you know, people's okay. names, reputations. Sometimes people are just moving to a town and, and, you know, trying to get established or, um, um, yeah, I don't know. It's a mystery. <laughs> it <Okay>. just happens.
0: <laughs> Let's start talking about the conference you go to Austin every year. Mm. It's like every January.
1: Yeah, the tattoo convention.
0: So how's that how do you start to go on that? What's that? I'm
1: friends with the, the the woman who organizes the whole event. They just had the twenty year anniversary of it. Last January. And you've January. been going 20 years? I've gone a lot of them. <laughs> okay. I'm not not every single one of them, but especially for the last few years, I've kind of like reconnected with uh, the tattoo conventions and stuff like that. So it's, uh, I, it's fun to just travel and, and, see some of my friends now that i've that have been in the industry and that's more
0: like a pop-up thing like people just walk in and say i want just kind of tattoo and you draw for them
1: well there are booths there and then a lot of the bigger name artists uh have appointments before they get there or even just all artists in general that the you know the the event on the website posts all the artists that would be there and their links to their social media and uh, websites and all that and you stuff. actually take
0: your whole crew there right
1: uh, a couple of the artists went okay
0: and what's the purpose of going to just like put your name out there even more or like this, it more it, like it a, can help is, for that. It, it just is it business I, I, or is it more vacation?
1: Uh, it's it's both. It's but it's also networking. I like to I like to go to the conventions because there's a lot of new products that keep coming out in tattooing. So there's a lot of um, exciting new stuff, machines, and and you know, there's big money making products for us to tattoo with. It's an industry now, so it's uh, trying to. I'm always kind of learn more and do better tattoos and progress and not being like just. Same, old, same same old. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so as far as tattoo supplies, I'm guessing are they like low quality, medium quality, high quality? Yeah,
1: there's cheap shit from China, or okay. there's you know stuff that's built by tattooers for tattooers, and that's okay. the stuff that I go with.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, is that like pretty reasonable price, or is it really expensive, or in, in general?
1: It's what you know. It is what it is. I mean, you have it's, to buy it it regardless, yeah, right? Yeah, it's nothing. It's you know, box of gloves is thirty bucks now. So mm-hmm. it's just everything costs money these days.
0: So speaking of gloves like i know you have to have like some kind of health permit, right
1: yeah that's have have a uh, there's a state issue license and then you have okay. to have a uh, bloodborne pathogen training it's okay about and i guess the health prevention and you know
0: and people come by once in a while to inspect you and inspect yeah the, your, the
1: the state of washington has um tattoo inspectors okay
0: all right um and that's just this, this a cost of doing business i'm guessing yeah like, it is what it, is, what it is yeah
1: there's licensing yeah. and all that stuff so
0: um and what else um and so like as far as being an entrepreneur, let's suppose someone's out there they want to start our, start their own business what advice do you have for them besides wow. not do it <laughs>
1: <laughs> get pretty just to work it's gonna you're gonna own you're buying yourself a job is mm. what you're doing like mm. you have to you don't you don't really get a day off like I, I mm. eat breathe and sleep in my studio it's my it's part of my life you know I'm laying in bed going shit I gotta go get toilet paper for the shop tomorrow oh we're out of this I need to order that you know it's you know you're just lots of you know it's you have to really just be dedicated to it it's not like people come to me and they're like oh my god you own your own business must be nice you just get to work whenever you want <laughs> yeah like, right <laughs> yep, that means 80 hours, 80 hours a week yeah i but I've, I've i've put my time in i'm enjoying i'm enjoying where i'm at now because my studio is a private <clears throat> by appointment only studio it's a very beautiful studio we're not open to the public um there's not people hanging out there Mm. you know it's 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 a very chill relaxing space i i've got really fortunate to find the space that i'm in right now because i had to unfortunately move locations of my studio two years ago but it's in a much better location now and um i'm finally enjoying the fruits of like my hard work because i i did I've, i've i've spent my time in tacoma and trying to just you know, give people good tattoos and educate people on tattooing. And I've had, you know, I've had really good help along the way too. I've had some pretty amazing people that have come and worked for me over the years that, that, uh, you know, obviously I couldn't have done it without them too. it's can't do everything yourself. So.
0: So your point of view, what are some pros and cons of having your own, having your own business?
1: Um, the cons is just a constant worrying. You're always worrying about stuff. You got to worry about the rent. You got to worry about this, that, the other thing, um, you know, the, the pros are like, yeah, I'm going to go home on Tuesday. You know, I scheduled my appointments around a couple of days so I can go home and see my mom kind of thing. So I get, I get freedom, you know, there's, there's wealth in owning your own business, but it's not necessarily monetary wealth. It's like my quality of life. I, I don't have to be at work at 5am. I don't have to drive 30 miles. I don't have to work for somebody that I don't like. I, um, I only tattoo the people that I want to tattoo right now. You know, so I'm trying to take, um, appreciate the things that I have. I mean, I'm not going to make a million dollars tattooing. You can only do one tattoo at a time. (laughs) And how many kids do you have? I have two.
0: Uh, Are they, them got into tattooing?
1: No, I've tattooed both of them. They're not tattooers. Do they do tattoo? I think I I tried to apprentice my daughter once, but we kind of, we, we battled the father-daughter. You know, like any, any kid trying to work for their parent, like me. You know, doing construction for my old man when I was a kid. You know, you just yeah. kind of butt heads.
0: Yeah. So are there any tattoo artists out there that you, like, really admire?
1: A lot, a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody does something, you know, unique to themselves. There's... there's, it's. Every time I hop online, I, 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 my mind is blown just by, you know, and then just do. finding the people to actually get some of those to go through that process because it takes time and time and money and more time and like, you know, seeing some of these people with these body suits and these just massive tattoo projects and the dedication, both from the artist and the client, because without the client, the art doesn't exist. So, you know, finding somebody that's dedicated to showing up to doing all their appointments and seeing those projects all the way through, you know, I kind of, I tip my hat to those people because so many people, they come in, everybody wants that sleeve, but, uh,
0: I I can't say I
1: finished, you know, every single one I've started, you, you can't
0: do it in one day.
1: Oh, people think that too they're like oh we can just do this in one day and then you start tattooing them and then like two hours later they're like oh shit i gotta i gotta get my kids you know and i realize that reality sets in real quick once that needle touches your skin yeah
0: so let's suppose there's a new tattoo artist right there right they're brand new they're gonna start they have their first job what are your recommendations as far as like what to charge
1: that just depends on the studio and stuff okay. like that. I can't. That's something I really can't say what they okay. should charge. Like, so how do you Maybe decide whatever what, whatever things are worth? You know what I mean. Okay. So,
0: so I'm guessing like someone like you're going to charge more for someone who's a brand new tattoo artist, right?
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't know what other people charge okay. and stuff like that. I mean, that's their own. That's their own business between them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So, what what's your plan
0: for tsunami tattoo, like? You're gonna keep on doing it as long as you, you can. As long as I can, man. Yeah. yeah. You plan on like like selling it to someone else, or when oh, you're done, shut it I down. Who knows?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how to sell. I only know I've been doing it for 23 years. I only know how to run it. It's like it's like being on a um, a merry-go-round that you just can't you just can't get off of once you start. So back to know?
0: tattoo supplies. Do you get like emails like once a day from a new tattoo person? Hey. By my tattoo paint, by this or yeah, you-
1: I mean I ignore all of that stuff. Okay. I the companies I deal with, they're the ones I've been. They're, they're my tried and true okay. companies that I, you know, support and and I I don't want to start experimenting. I don't need yeah, to, yeah, just yeah, to yeah, especially definitely. to save a, a dollar or two. It's just yeah.
0: So there's like all these different styles of tattoos, like Japanese style, black and white. Do you have a favorite style? Like maybe you don't do, but it just like the way it looks.
1: Um. Lately, I've been seeing people that are just doing just just huge sections of like either like solid black, like that's geometric, but it's not like it's like using positive and negative spaces on mm-hmm. like, like entire legs mm-hmm. or like a sleeve. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't even know how to describe it because it's, it the, the styles in tattooing evolve and change so, so rapidly mm-hmm. in in with social media and stuff like that, what was popular like three weeks ago yeah. is now it's not, it's, it's nobody's getting that anymore. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, there was a, a you know, throughout the nineties you had like, there were the tribal armbands and then there were the lower back tattoos. And then in the 2000s, you the you mean, You mean
0: the tramp stamp, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: I like doing those. man, yeah, girls will come in, they have, you know, they smell good. They'll be wearing cute underwears or something. Like there wouldn't be a day on like in two thousand sure. and five I'll do a, I'll do a, a tramp yeah, step on you. Yeah, Saturday on a Saturday on, uh, a Saturday on uh, you know, at Tsunami, you know, in 2005, there'd be like five women bent over chairs getting butterflies <laughs> tattooed on their lower back. So like my but, job. Is, but I thought they were I thought they were cool tattoos. Vince Vaughn. Like, like my remember, job is good. I, oh, no, I I, I don't cry. I, I try and be very professional. When oh, yeah, yeah. With my clientele. I don't I don't. I, I frown on that i think that's a terrible thing um when people use tattooing and things like that yeah. to 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 do shit like that so
0: yeah. and so you do a lot of mandala tattoos right and is that your, one of your favorite tattoo styles like how did that come about
1: um i was working with a gal who came to work for me from sweden who specialized in sacred geometry tattoos and kind of sparked my interest in it and then after she left to go back to sweden she um Uh, People came in, kept like asking for that Mm -hmm. stuff. And so I was like, well, I'll try doing it. And it turned out I like doing it. You know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to do the same tattoo forever. So mixing up my styles a little bit. COVID had a lot to do with that though, too. Mm -hmm. When we were shut down for three months, when um, everybody was partying and watching the Tiger King, I really sat down with myself and I was like, well, where do I want to be when, when we go back to it, because I've never had that much time off in my life. I've been working basically since I was about 13 years old and, uh, in one form or another. And, um, and so I, I, I kind of relearned to retaught myself how to tattoo a little bit. I started using the iPad to do all my des- designs digitally, which has been an amazing tool um and then even using some of these you know these newer like cordless wireless machines i the, the technology is it's um it, i don't think i'd be able to do the tattoos i'm doing now without some of that stuff so that makes sense
0: and how often do you bring on guest tattoo artists to your shop how does that work
1: usually it's my friends if they're okay, traveling friends, or stuff okay. like there's no like there's no schedule so no like, random person that no, you no, know no, no 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 It's the people that i know it's you know i have friends all over the world that tattoo and so you know especially in the summertime everybody likes to come up to washington it's it's night the weather's nice yeah. there's a seattle has a tattoo convention the second weekend of august every year in at in over by the space needle in the city center so tattoo artists from all over the country and world come to seattle for the weekend and a lot of times my friends will want to stay a couple extra days yeah. and so usually I've, I've got a house full of tattooers from slumber party at my house and so sometimes they will have they'll they'll book clients from the convention or they won't have time to do stuff at the convention and so they'll just come down and just use the shop for the space to to do their tat to do their work and stuff
0: okay and then uh, as far as like the artistry of tattoos right i I know i I know i've seen some tattoo artists like draw like draw it like freehand some do sketches all different kinds, right? Is there a best way to do that kind of stuff or is this like whatever the artist wants to yeah, do? Yeah,
1: it's whatever the artist does. I mean the end okay. justifies the means of however they however they everybody has their own way of coming up with something. Like ten tattooers could sit down to do the same tattoo and all do something completely different. Okay. But you'll you know, the end result will be there, so
0: and I'm guessing like you said there's way more tattoo shops open now versus like 20 years ago.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's you know, it's popular. It's yeah. in our it's in every movie, it's in every TV commercial, it's in our culture now. It's it's not just limited to, you know, rock and rollers and stuff like that. I yeah. mean, I first started seeing tattoos, you know, on MTV and you're like, "Whoa, that guy's cool."
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. So and
1: people turn 18 every day, so once they yeah. get, you know,
0: I remember when, uh, when I went to Dallas last year uh, and you recommended a Deep Elm tattoo shop to me, right? I got mm-hmm. the tattoos there. I remember the day I was there, these five mothers for the five 18 year old daughters that turned 18 that day came to get their 18 year old daughters' tattoos, right? It was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. All right. Yeah. Um,
1: People get tattooed during good times and bad times. So
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Almost a recession proof job.
0: <laughs> Almost, yeah. For all the you've been tattooing, and this is a hard question. You have like a tattoo, like like you're really proud of. Like I really like I did really did a badass job, this I really went all out on this tattoo.
1: Oh, I try and do that on all my tattoos. I mean, well, one of them has to be. On my, I mean, my daughter. I mean, mm-hmm. that was nerve wracking. Oh, mac I, I kind of tattooed my mom a couple of times, so mm-hmm. that was that's a trip too. So I mean, you have to really try and you know, it's like if I fuck this up, I'm gonna see it every Thanksgiving. So
0: <laughs> nice, nice. All right, so we're actually gonna do a tattoo for me today, right? Yes. Cool. Let me move all the stuff out of the way
1: for people to see. <laughs> oh, my glasses off for a minute.
0: Okay, so Tim's going to do a quick tattoo. I, 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 maybe I shouldn't say quick tattoo, but and we're just going to talk through the process how everything works. <laughs> like I said, I have like probably like 45 tattoos. Tim's probably done like 25 or 30 of them.
1: Even misspelled one on you. Oh yeah. <laughs> Don't get lettering for me. So what's that thing you have in your hand right now? It's a vibrator. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the that's what the old timer the old timey tattooers like to call these things. They call them dildo machines and and uh, whatnot, but I don't know. My wrist really appreciates it. I like that they're quiet, mm. especially now that I'm old. Now that I'm over 50, like I'm the get off my lawn guy, everything's yeah. too loud, every light's too bright. I used to be happy, I don't know, you get older and you're like, ah, turn off that racket. All righty, um, let's see here. Got a couple paper towels.
0: Now, when you attach it, the needle is actually breaking the skin, right? It's, it's actually like a cut. No, it's cuts. like a
1: massage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a painful massage at times. Yeah, yeah. Yes,
1: yeah, so it's a needle that goes through a couple layers of skin.
0: Because it's, it's actually like a lot of little mini wounds, right?
1: Yeah, they're little puncture wounds. Yeah. Like, you gotta make sure you gotta take care of it afterwards. About, yeah, Probably about 127 hertz. So the first part you gotta do is you gotta. <laughs> Shave someone. This is the highlight of my job. Get hair all over your desk. Here,
0: is there a tattoo shop out there that you you'd like to be a guest artist at?
1: Usually when I go to Albuquerque, I guess at a, at a studio called All Is One Tattoo. Mm. My best friend owns it. This time when I'm going home this week, I'm not going to be working only because I'm going to be home for four days. But I have clients that, that I like went to high school with and, and people that I've known for the better part of 30 years. So usually when I go, anytime I go back to Albuquerque, if I announce that I'll be tattooing, I usually stay pretty busy.
0: What's the longest you've gone without tattooing?
1: Uh, a month. A month. That's it. No, um, COVID really. COVID. The the three months that we I didn't I didn't cheat or like sneak into the tattoo shop. Although people hit me up all the time. Let me yeah. have you stand up for just one second here. You always gotta you always gotta make sure people stand up when you put the stencils on them because you don't want it to be crooked. Yeah. So COVID was the longest that I didn't tattoo. But I I I work and then I um and then I burn out and then I have to. Uh, And then I have to take a break, which is like what I'm doing this week. And so you kind of let my batteries will recharge a little bit. I'll actually spend a few days drawing, just hanging out at my mom's house and stuff, getting caught up on my emails and stuff. So many people message me and text me every day that even when I get home from work and then I'm, you know, I've got, ten different text conversations. How, how do you, you deal with that? Like, like all the emails you must get. <laughs> it's hard. Oh, yeah. It's not it's not where I thought I would be at, you know, but the trade off is I would rather do that than just having people coming in and disturbing me every day because that, you know, that's even harder when I'm sitting here trying to create something for somebody and people just keep walking in and they're like, um Yeah, I just wanted this will only take a second. And then you're like, let me do that one more time. Yeah.
0: So how did you survive COVID?
1: That's just hung out at my house with my dog and my rabbit.
0: That's how like your business not going under.
1: Oh, that that was tough. That was that was that was a lot of sleepless nights because obviously nobody was prepared. Nobody knew. Figured we would be closed for three months. Um, um, but I mean, it, it all worked out. The, I the the city of Tacoma actually, I, I was able to to get a little. Um, a small little grant from the city of Tacoma that that got me caught up from from being closed those three months so i i was able and i was able to to get unemployment because of you know when you do your when you do your books and your taxes right we do the right, yeah yeah you can get unemployment so i was i was very fortunate i didn't think i would being self-employed but i was very i very, thought that either I was very thankful to this to the state of washington for that so um, because I don't, if, I don't know, man, I may have make, may or may not have lasted. Who knows? Ah, I would have lasted. It would have been fine. I just didn't, I didn't want to have to like, owe my landlord any, like a large sums of money. Cause that would, that would keep me awake at night. So I'd like to think maybe it was just having good karma. <laughs> yeah. That looks good right there.
0: So those three months dealing with COVID, do you think that actually made you a better business person?
1: Um, it's, it's completely changed my business. So <laughs> on so many levels between COVID and then having to move my, my studio and, and, and run, and operate my, my company completely different, but I like where I'm at now. I sometimes, you know, not all change is bad. It, it was an adjustment period, you know, especially that first year, I, I didn't know if I had made the right decision and, you know, being responsible for people who work for me. That's, that's tough. Being, being someone's boss, like having to make sure that, you know, these people that come work for you, that they're able to come in and do their job and take care of their families and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. I thought so was all, all the parks I had, that's, like that's, the, to me, that's the hardest part of running a business. The tattooing and all that stuff that comes, that comes natural, like, like uh, you know i suck at communicating and so sometimes you know being a boss and 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 stuff but my intentions are always right but the, sometimes the delivery just comes across so yeah <laughs>
0: forget when you hire someone you, you're not hiring, you're like they probably have a husband a wife you like
1: Kids, that, that job like it that. depends on that let's see how close how close can you get over I'll here get over. yeah that's fine yeah okay. i feel like i'm at a tattoo convention. um is there a garbage can yeah right over there okay I'm gonna grab that really quick. I think I'm ready to. Don't cry like you normally do.
0: I know, right? Don't be a bitch. I'll try not to be a bitch this time.
1: <laughs> Almost in these waters down. Gotta a little bit better for him. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do this all like fucking all homemade style. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna use that cap full of water there. <laughs> when I first started tattooing, I um this set up here and gonna new fresh pair of gloves. When I first started tattooing, I used to go to uh Wendy's and I would steal I would go to Wendy's and I would steal the paper ketchup cups. <laughs> and That's what I would use for my ink caps and stuff, man. Like, <laughs> I've walked a long road in tattooing, man. Worked <laughs> for fucking crazy bikers and so who's a crazy
0: question? You know, like have the, they have like all these like fine artist schools and like learn how to draw? Or Juilliard or is there like a like a tattoo place like that where you go like become a master tattooist
1: yeah remember the little like the draw the, the draw me guys the turtle guy mm-hmm. yeah you did, that's how i like okay <laughs> i drew the pirate that one was my favorite <laughs> we're just gonna spray paint the song
0: <laughs> does does black ink cost differently from coloring?
1: Oh, they're all kind of the same, kind of the same. So quiet. All right, here we go. Let's see if I can let's see if I can look this up here. Let me I'm going to make a little makeshift armrest here. Here, just lift your arm up. I'm just going to put that on there. Is that okay? Yeah. Let's it's kind fine. of padded a little bit. That's fine. Yeah. All right. Well, you can keep asking your questions.
0: How do you have to replace that thing right like there, the vibrator?
1: Um, I've had this for three
0: years. Okay. That, that lasts pretty long.
1: I would hope so. It caught, that I used my stimulus check for it. So. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, so that's not cheap. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. I wanted to be the kid with the new Nikes on the first day of school. Okay. And... Uh, and so um, that's what I use my stimulus check on. It's a
0: design we're doing. It's like a like a, a, a uh, what's it called? A fucking not a clock, but um, what's this thing called we're doing? It's an hourglass. Hourglass, yeah, hourglass. So I see a design for hourglass. And you made some changes to it, right? How do you, How does that work as far as like your artistic process?
1: Again, I just start to sit down and just just let the universe take over. I wish I could explain it, but...
0: Just something natural that comes to you, like...
1: Well, I try and design the tattoos in the sense that if... Uh, if, if I was going to get this, you know, would I like what I drew... Mm-hmm. Cause I don't I'm not gonna try and sell somebody on some shit they don't need. Yeah.
0: Like people ask me all the time, like how you ask good questions, like I'd ask stuff I want to know myself, right? And most of the time people don't wanna know the same, same thing.
1: This office has pretty good light. That yeah. was the one thing that I was uh, yeah. I was kind of worried about because I didn't bring a lamp. Yeah. And sometimes I have a headlamp mm-hmm. where it looks like I'm mining for coal when I'm tattooing. <laughs>
0: What's the most amount of tattoos you've done in one day?
1: Uh, I think fourteen or fifteen. Fourteen.
0: I guess they were pretty simple yeah, designs. Yeah, there was
1: when I when I first got into tattooing, everything was the uh, the designs on the wall are called flash. And so, a long time ago, um, before there were phones or iPhones, um, you know, you'd walk into a tattoo shop and look at their designs off the walls. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we had books. People would come in and flip through the books and find something. Everybody always wanted to make some sort of like personalized changes to the designs and stuff like that. But um you know, and then I always I honestly when I did have all the flash designs at my studio, most of them were drawn that I had on the walls were drawn by my friends. So I was like if I'm gonna have to, you know, do these designs from the wall, they're not just some stock generic designs. They're actually painted hand painted designs by tattooers. I mean, some of it's better than like the, you know, the Google uh, you know just clip art that people uh-huh. bring to me these days so I, I was never too f- one of those people that that just wrote off tattoo flash as something that was like oh it's just some generic thing on the walls because people would come in and say shit like that
0: how many tattoos do
1: you have one <laughs> one yeah <laughs> <laughs> not enough
0: you, you were 17 you got your first one right
1: yeah and when, when did you
0: get
1: your last one? Uh, what was the last one I got? Maybe about a year ago. A year I'm, due. ago? I'm, I'm itching. I've been tattooing my head the last few years, so I want another tattoo on my head. Do you have to give yourself tattoos? Yes. Okay. That's, like, very hard. It feels like you're cutting your own hair. Like, you start it, and then you're like, do I really want to tattoo myself today? But you have to, like, once you've done that first line. Because otherwise, you're just going to have a line tattooed on you. Do you
0: have a, a go-to guy a go-to person, or you just like, you got like hundreds all, of people yeah, that do for all you. All of
1: my friends are tattoo artists, so it's like, it's like more of like, who don't I want to tattoo me? And I get to work with all these awesome people, too, that do amazing stuff. Like Damien, that works for me, man. His fucking tattoos are the illest. He does all this crazy realism stuff. Mm-hmm. I want a tattoo from him. and Uh, Lydia does all this amazing fine line illustrative stuff. Like, it's just it never ceases to amaze me, like, what people can do with tattooing. And every time I think it's kind of like topped out, you always see the next thing, and Mm. you're like, Holy shit!
0: You're like, I know I've seen like some really badass 3D tattoos recently. You're like, Whoa, like,
1: there's a lot of fake stuff too. Is it? Um, well, it's not necessarily that the tattoos are fake, but like. Some people they just they'll adjust the the levels on their photographs to a little bit more yeah, a point yeah. where it's I'll like guess you're saying it's it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, especially sometimes where you see like black ink that it just looks so dark and mm-hmm. at you know okay, I can it's see like that. you grow yeah. a layer of skin over every tattoo, so it's like there's yeah. there's some there's some stuff there's a I think there's an Instagram page called the, the Tattoo Truth Fairy, and it's it shows pictures of, like, what these people post and what they really look like. They go to conventions and they find these people, and so you can get an idea of, like, you know, what tattoos look like when they as they age and stuff like is that. Is there a way to keep your tattoo from aging? Keeping them out of the sun. Okay, that's the biggest thing to yeah. keep out of the sun, okay. That's one of the nice things about tattooing in Washington is that we don't have much sun up here, mm-hmm. so everybody's skin is, like... Amazing. When I tattooed in the desert Southwest, it was hard. Some days it was even hard just to get the like black into people's skin because it just looked gray. So great, tanned, yeah. You know, and using purple and yellow was out of the question. You know, I remember one time I tattooed this guy who was a roofer in Albuquerque, and he wanted a Tweety Bird on his back, <laughs> and the motherfucker was just like, just, just looked like permanent toast, and you couldn't even see the yellow. His his back was just fucking. Like per, you know when people do skin just like permanently red from mm-hmm. being out in the sun
0: yeah is there such a thing as a tattoo cap in the United States like where like all the tattoo artists live and like it's known for tattooing
1: San Francisco was like the I, I mean I I feel I don't know I don't keep up on current events I could be wrong somebody probably be like no, it's fucking Brooklyn or some shit mm-hmm. but um, historically it's always been like San Francisco especially okay. like Uh, You know, you had Lyle Tuttle there. You had Ed Hardy, who's still there. Uh, A lot of my sleeves, a lot of my tattooing was done there in the early 90s because there was um, a lot of like these up and coming artists that really changed the industry. People like Marcus Pacheco and Aaron Kane. Um, So I made a I made it a point. I wanted to get tattooed from all of these people who I really looked up to. I mean, you can look at somebody's tattoos all you want, like on the Internet or in print, but as an artist if i'm going to go spend a day or two and get tattooed from these people i like to, to see how they do things and their mm-hmm. creative processes and, and and trying to make myself a better tattoo artist
0: so this is probably a weird question but is there a difference in like the, the paint do you to- try? <laughs> no i'm good
1: <laughs> just gotta follow the lines
0: <laughs> yeah i can't draw a figure line to see my life Neither I. Is there a difference between like the pain level of a, of a guy and a girl skin? Oh, I don't know. Okay,
1: girls are probably tougher. Yeah, I'll probably agree with that. <laughs> Everybody's different. Most everybody gets through it somehow, one form mm-hmm. or another. I've never, I've never had anybody you know stop halfway yeah. through a tattoo. I mean, on big tattoos, there's always a you know predetermining kind of stopping point mm-hmm. because yeah, you know, after a couple hours of this shit, it sucks.
0: I know most people would say like your ribs most, but for me, it was like the the ones you did for me in the back of my Achilles heel and my wrist hurt way, way more than the one you did on my ribs.
1: Well, you're not crying yet, no? Huh? Not
0: yet. But give me time. <laughs> Doing okay, do you need to stretch your
1: arm out I'm good.
0: Of course, the fact I have this bourbon to me probably helps out some, too. That's
1: yeah, so far so good. Yeah, man, you got me to tattoo on a Sunday.
0: Is there any tattoo out there that you haven't done yet? Like, any kind of like design or, like, that you're like, okay, I really wish I could do, like, I don't know. Um.
1: No, I don't know what I like to do as tattoos anymore. I design stuff, and I'll post stuff, like, like on my Instagram sometimes of designs that I want to do. But I'm so used to just people telling me what they want. Mm-hmm. been That's kind of been one of the great things about tattooing. It takes the thinking out of what I want to make mm-hmm. for art. because somebody gives me an idea, and I'm like, okay, cool, I can make that. But when I just sit down and I'll just – look at like a blank canvas or something. I don't, I don't know. Tattooing is all these years of tattooing. It's kind of, I don't know. I don't want to say it's like robbed me of being an artist, mm-hmm. but like I, I'm constantly just designing stuff for people. Making that, like,
0: alterations to the designs.
1: Yeah. And when I get, you know, and after working all day, it's like anything you get home and it's like, I, I don't want to design. I don't want to make it. I can't make art for myself because I'm tired.
0: So if someone came to you said, Hey, I don't know what I want. I don't want a rip piece. Whatever design is fine for me. How do you how do you do that as far as your process?
1: I would at least have them give me a little bit of a direction. They don't have to tell me exactly like he said, what they he, want. If you say, Tim,
0: I trust you, you do great work. Just surprise me. What do you do is fine with me?
1: Oh, I'd probably just draw a big old penis. He <laughs> said anything. Or anything but that.
0: Mm, yeah. Anything is anything. i'm sure you come up with something pretty cool though
1: oh yeah i i I have some people that you know mostly everything i do is stuff that i do just design for people Mm -hmm. but they just give me the they just kind of point me in the right direction of what they want and then and then i kind of take over from there
0: yeah one thing like like, by your process like i've had tattoos i like i want to put it here like no jason don't put it here because the whatever it is right it goes better here right so i definitely appreciate that (laughs)
1: <laughs> do the cameras get to see any of the tattooing here
0: yeah yeah it's on both of us right? and what i, I do i probably what,
1: gonna play it back and hear my voice and be like
0: oh. <laughs> yeah trust it. everyone hates their voice even me i still hate my fucking voice everyone hates their voice Have you ever been using this, and the battery went dead in the middle of tattoo?
1: Um, yeah. There's th- this machine has two batteries, so one of them's on, on the charger. At, okay. I can get about I can get about five hours out of it. Okay, that's pretty of. good. Yeah, no, they, they they did a really good job designing this machine. Probably for my birthday, I might buy myself another one. I like having two machines. I have another one that I use at work that. Um, but it has a, a cord to it. And this one I like this one because it's wireless. So we literally could just be kicking it in Pioneer Square, smoking fentanyl. And yep,
0: exactly right. Stepping over cats. Stepping <laughs> over homeless people. Stepping <laughs> over homeless no, people. No, I wish
1: I'm, that stuff makes me sad too. It's definitely not something funny.
0: Yeah, that fentanyl shit is no joke. Especially how they like, mix it with everything. Like you think you're buying like 100% grade A cocaine or whatever drug it is, or heroin is like X like, 50% fentanyl and yeah it's a shame right like you have people like smoke a fan on public buses and insane so i know you do a good job on instagram how are you taking advantage of (laughs) how how are you taking like
1: four likes i'm not i'm not that cool
0: yeah you're doing a good job how you how are you taking advantage of social media to expand your business
1: i'm the only thing i can do is post a picture and be like this what do i do just like everybody else look at my thing copy someone's hashtags that are more famous than me. <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. I hate social media. I I didn't think I feel like I'm on a hamster wheel I can't get off of. Like I feel like I'm in high school again and it's it's um it's ruined lots of my friendships. Mm. People get it 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 affects people a lot differently, especially psychologically. Yeah, it does. People get jealous. People get all kinds of stuff. So it's it, it's, a, it's like a blessing and a curse all at the same time. Yeah, it definitely
0: does good and bad. There's no doubt about that. I
1: couldn't, you know, especially, I, I couldn't even imagine, like, if I was a kid trying to figure out how all this stuff works. That's got to be rough.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine. Like you're a kid, you see all these like pictures of beautiful people. Oh, everyone's beautiful, yeah, everyone's but I'm not. Lives
1: are perfect.
0: But there's some good to it too.
1: Yeah, no, like I mean, beca- I mean, it's it's done wonders for. I mean, as far as tattooing goes, it's definitely the the requests that people ask to get tattooed on them now are. Um, people get a lot. They, people get cool stuff nowadays. Almost every every time I sit down to tattoo, I'm doing something doing something fun so
0: what we make you to tell someone no i'm not gonna tattoo you
1: if it's just something that i don't think i can do a good job on i mean obviously if somebody wanted something you know racist or something stupid yeah. like that but the, nobody nobody comes in asking for that stuff so yeah. that's, that's not even that's not even that's the least of my concerns you have to be 18 to get a tattoo, right? Yes, yeah, state law. You must be 18. Okay. Your parents cannot sign for you. You okay. have to have legal, valid state-issued identification. Hanging in there? Not going to pass out?
0: Not yet. I'm hanging on there. It's tough, though. I ain't going to lie. The tears are, like, right below right here. The tears are right here. <laughs> So when people come in and like, I will say, I guess I say unconventional tattoo, like it's like, I want to tattoo my fingers or tattoo my face. You're like, okay, whatever. Are you as long as you pay money? You're like, hey, no, no, no. Are like,
1: as a, hey? As a as a custodian of this craft, it's my job to make sure that I I'm presenting tattooing in a positive okay light. I want tattoo any. I first of all, I don't really tattoo people's faces. Mm-hmm. Um, and I won't tattoo somebody like that if, uh, Especially if they already don't have A bunch of tattoos okay.
0: So definitely first time tattoos should not be a face
1: tattoo No we call those job stoppers Okay yeah
0: I'm actually joking around back in the day like only way you should get a neck tattoo is if, like your Alan Iverson or like Master P, right? Like pretty much made made in life, right?
1: Yeah, there's always like a stigma for with neck tattoos. You know, when even when I was younger in tattooing, now it's like com- I don't. It's it's common to see people with neck and face yeah. tattoos. I worked with uh, I worked with a couple of guys in the '90s in Albuquerque, and they were like the original face tattooed people. And people lost their fucking minds when they saw this shit. I mean, everywhere we went. One of my friends, uh, Jason, he ended up getting his lasered off. He flew out to Baltimore or something in the early 2000s. There was only uh, this doctor on the East Coast had only one of like two lasers on the North American continent at the time that was capable of removing the tattoo without any scarring. Yeah,
0: you see some face tattoo
1: like... What the fuck are you doing, right? But otherwise, like, like Post Malone, I
0: could like his face tattoos, right? <laughs> I think they look okay. Of course, the fact he's like a multi-billion dollar thing artist helps out too, right? But you see people tattoo like...
1: Yeah, but the dude that works at Arby's isn't...
0: No. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. These
1: tattoos, you know, they they don't wash off. They don't come off in nail polish remover. Like,
0: they don't. I mean, I don't know.
1: I have it, this tattoo on my forearms. Thirty-one years old, man. It's
0: I mean, if you hit the lottery, like the real lottery, like two hundred fifty million dollars, yeah, maybe get a face tattoo, you know. But if you're working at Arby's, like fucking, like you know, I'll just
1: get my face like made prettier or something. Yeah, if I made that much. Put money. some
0: pump some botox into it or something. Yeah, but tattoos definitely come a long way. And one thing that's crazy, like when I was growing up in the military, like no one had a tattoo, right? I, every once in a while I go to the military base on Fort Lewis, go to the gym. Every time I go, everyone is tattooed, right? From like pretty much like from, put from leg up to neck, neck, right? Like you see neck tattoos, like bigger well, tattoos. Well, I mean, the,
1: the army always had regular. They like even in the years that that I had tsunami when we were on Thirty Eighth Street, especially when we were at war with uh, with Iraq and Afghanistan and stuff. I they changed the regulations so many they times. They did. They got at one point. They got a they got a new sergeant major in the army and they wanted to photograph everybody's tattoo. And so we had guys come in, in into the, the shop to try and get fake tattoos drawn on them mm-hmm. so they could get photographed and yeah. then go back and get the real tattoos. Yeah. And then there were times where, you know, the army just deregulated everything and you know soldiers were in there getting like neck tattoos and then and then they changed it and they told these guys, you don't get that shit taken off, you're gonna lose your job.
0: Yeah, that's one that pissed me off. When like Iraq war first started, we, we had trouble getting people in the military, right? And so they saw a lot of felons in, like people with tattoos in, like it doesn't matter. And then we had enough people They came back, okay, if you, have, if you have a tattoo, you get kicked out. So you tell these people who serve in Iraq, Afghanistan, serve commentators, you let them with a tattoo. Now they say you're going to kick them out because they have a tattoo. That's, that's yeah, were, yeah there, was a,
1: there was a time where the recruiting numbers were low, and I forget. It was some crazy amount of people who were qualified to go into the military. But the only thing that stopped them was that they were tattooed. Yeah. I, I remember reading about that. And then that's when that's when the army was just like, fuck it, we don't care. And then they opened and, the floodgates. And, 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 and three years
0: later, they said, I know what we said, but yeah, if you have yeah, a tattoo, fuck it, you. Yeah. If you have a tattoo, fuck you.
1: They sure did.
0: They, they fucked a lot of people over. A lot, I know a lot of good soldiers had got kicked out because of that. So how often you got to change that little thing out? Oh, this is
1: a different needle. This one's just bigger.
0: Okay. And you actually throw like parties at your little tattoo shop every once in a while too, right?
1: I used to. Now that I got a, pl- I got a place in town to, to throw them, so okay. I don't, I don't throw them at my shop anymore. It's nice just having a, an actual bar that's equipped to do that. It was, they were fun, but I don't like having to go to my shop, at, you know, seven o'clock in the morning to clean it yeah. because. There's cups everywhere, <laughs> things like that, so.
0: So Burning Man, is it this summer?
1: What yeah, is it's Man? It's, a, it's a Labor Day weekend. It, what's over on Labor Day weekend. You have to be, basically you gotta have your, basically everyone leaves on that Monday last year I left on Sunday morning cause I was over it, but I'm glad i did because there's an exodus. When you, when you leave to burning man, people sat in line in their cars for 16 hours trying to get out of burning man last year because, you might as well stay
0: there another because
1: day. there's the road. They, they, it funnels down to one lane. So you've got like eight lanes of thousands of cars that all have, there's one little bridge that your car has to drive over to get off of the asphalt to get onto the playa. And, um, and it seemed like it would be
0: easier to stay in that extra day to miss a the traffic or, uh, yeah, or, or, leave, leave, a or leave a day before. early, yeah, yeah, or leave a day before.
1: But sometimes, even I've sat in line for six to eight hours or longer to just to get in, too. So it's there's it's there's nothing easy about Burning Man. Are
0: well, you going this year, too?
1: I have tickets, I haven't had
0: So, how far tickets. advanced, like, like suppose me, I've never been before. How far advanced can I start planning and trying to get tickets, all that kind of stuff? Or is it too late I'd already? I'd say a year. No, a it's year? not
1: too late. Mm-hmm. The, the ticket sale already happened. So you can't just, you can't, but usually sells out in a couple minutes. But mm-hmm. like once the, the ticket fulfillment usually comes in about July, that's when people actually start receiving their physical mm-hmm. tickets. And a lot of people, they'll get tickets, but then they'll realize that they can't take two weeks off of work, or they got kids. or So then there's a there's a secondary mark. You got to be careful you don't get scammed. There's a lot yeah. of people trying to scam people. Or they'll put them on eBay and, like, try and mark them up some ridiculous amount yeah. of money. But that's, that's usually kind of frowned upon, yeah. you know, upon the, the Burning Man community and stuff like that. But, you know, there's also, like regional groups and burners even in seattle there's there's seattle burner groups and things like that and you know if you get a little a little involved with that kind of stuff um um you know that that also helps your chances having a network of people who go to burning man because like i said tickets came up even last year i I think i had i had an extra ticket up until about a week before burning Man. so burning man is it a non-profit yes it is set up as a non-profit I'm pretty sure they make a profit. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of the people that you know, there's a lot of volunteers. I wonder how they
0: decide what artists get to show the art off there, right? I'm you
1: submit it. You submit a thing. Okay. You you, you show your you diagrams whatever. and okay. what you're trying to do. They even have art grant programs available for artists. They have low income tickets available for people to go. They, they you know, mm-hmm. they try and include everybody. It's not just a you know festival for. For rich people and stuff yeah. like that is this so. like a, a
0: rich high-tech person thing you know, no no, no
1: no no so it's you know
0: i know you said you have friends from england what's like another like random foreign countries that you know someone to come, come
1: there from oh i've met people from everywhere from south africa from england europe asia japan italy A lot of pretty people there too <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so you recently had one of your artists start their own business right
1: oh uh, yeah one of my artists get ready to leave at the end of the month
0: so when your artist says hey i want to start my own business like what advice do you give them like
1: Oh, I think they're ready when they're when it's time for yeah. for doing all that. Work hard. I just try and get through every day this whole that's my advice. Just <laughs> come to work every day for the rest of your life.
0: So I know a lot of entrepreneurs or small business owners, they do a bad job of like setting money aside for retirement, social security. How do you make sure you do that? Make sure cause you can't work forever. Like, how do you make sure you like, set aside? Like, you have a regular well,
1: job. I going to rob a bank, but they don't have money on <laughs> them anymore.
0: No, they don't. No, they don't. Because like most people, like, can't start start for a greater company, like get they've all this stuff to take care of for them. Not like, me. Yeah, how do you make sure you like you <laughs> set the money aside?
1: You die. Yeah, when you let when you know, let me know. Try and get through, and happy every time I get through each month. When you own your own business it's everything you know, either by the time you, you pay your taxes and this, that, the other thing, and it just it all gets it all gets absorbed.
0: So as tattoo artist, you use your hands a lot, do you like go get like hand massage once in a while?
1: I do, about about once or twice a month. But okay. um you have like a regular person a you go to get okay. a massage for massage therapist. Mostly for my back and my shoulders. Lately one of my Lately, one of my knees has been hurting because I I find that I I put a lot of pressure on one of my knees while I'm tattooing. So I'm constantly having to, like, adjust, you know, how I position my body and stuff when I tattoo. This is actually pretty comfortable being able to just kind of just rest on the table here. It's like having a big armrest.
0: And so the needles—it's it, based on like how thick the lines are. I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, the amount of needles. There's a different thickness in the gauges of the okay. needles as well too. Now there's like, there's hundreds of different configurations of needles.
0: Is a certain color ink that lasts longer on your skin? Black. Black, like the green seems
1: to be the color that I've seen tattoos that are like 50 and 60 years old, man. I got green still in there. So, reds and yellows can be kind of, they may not stand up. There's a the question for you. So,
0: like, I got a, a marijuana leaf tattooed on my ankle when I went to Dallas, right? In green ink. That green, ink, it hurt like a motherfucker, right? Like, does different color ink hurt differently? No. Or, or is this the, where it was? <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, it was just where it was. Okay.
1: Yeah, the color doesn't determine what it feels like. There's, okay. There's no different procedure. Between doing, like, the black and gray or the color.
0: So, i am going to ask you, how do you, how do you come out you, that you uh, tattoo people with, like, Guns and Roses and Steve-O?
1: Well, Steve-O used to hang out at my tattoo shop every day when I lived in Albuquerque. He was friends with one of my coworkers. Okay. We would all go out drinking together after so work. So, is he really that fucking like crazy? Yeah, no, he was cool. He was a super nice guy. He was really friendly and... And, um, there was a, there was a bar down the street from our tattoo shop called Sonny's Bar and Grill in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's no longer there, but, um, Steve-O and my coworker, Jason, they both had kind of like a large bar tab with that. And the owner, said he, he was part that, of Jackass that, that, during this time? No, this was before Jackass. Okay. He was, uh, he was like Big Brother Skateboard Magazine. He used to come out to Albuquerque and do features on him and stuff. So he was skateboarding and doing okay. stuff like that. I think he had already went to the, um- <coughs> the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Clown School as well. A lot of the stuff he did on that first season of Jackass mm. was like stuff that he used to just do at the bar to get people to buy him drinks. I'm glad he's sober now, but um, he, uh, the owner of the, the bar is like, well, the, the, the logo of the bar is a caricature of the owner's face, and so the, the owner is like, well, if you um, if you get my face tattooed on you, I will make your bar tab magically... Yeah. Disappear and Steve O didn't even have no money. He just comes to the shop one day and like, like oh, I If you fucking gave you this fucking tattoo on me, I'll trade you some shoes. He had like a, a credit from the local skate shop yeah. and uh, he was out there hustling, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he traded, I had no idea. I had no idea. He tra- long story short, he traded me a pair of shoes that didn't fit. But, <laughs> um, but then one day, I, I, right when I moved up here, actually, I, I turned on uh. MTV, and there he was on fucking Jackass, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And I, you know, I saw the tattoo I did, on, and I was like, "Yeah, that's him." Like, I had no idea, like, what was going on. And I, had no I saw idea. Him last time he was at the Tacoma Comedy Club. I don't know. Yeah, I saw couple, a couple a year, weeks. a year or two ago. I know
0: recently yeah. I saw his uh, RV on the on i five recently.
1: And uh, when he. Um, when, when he when he played in Tacoma, I went and caught his show. And and uh, he always greets his fans after his shows and stuff. So I said hi to him and got my picture taken with the tattoo I'd done on. So. How
0: about Guns N' Roses?
1: Uh, I tattooed Duff from Guns N' Roses. Him and the drummer from the Reverend Horton, he came into my shop in, in Seattle at Lucky Devil. He, they were doing some recording stuff. And I think, I think he was friends with like my boss at the time or something. Yeah. So she kind of had set that up. And uh, I did a, a dagger on his forearm with a banner that said uh, LAMF, which stands for like a motherfucker. He was he was really nice too. Was, and then I and and then I went out to dinner with those guys, him afterwards. It was like him, yeah. Chris Novoselic, and uh, I think Izzy was with them. And oh, and Kim Thale from Soundgarden. So okay. and I'd only been living in Seattle like a, a a short time, so it was kind of this was in '98, so it was still kind of like the tail end of those grunge years. Yeah. So It was kind of. It was pretty kind of awesome just getting to meet these guys that I'd only like seen on TV. Just fun day at work, (laughs) unexpectedly fun day at work.
0: So you live in Tacoma for a while. What are some pros and cons of living in Tacoma? Um, I don't
1: know. It's a tough one. Tacoma. It's like it's like a love hate relationship that I have. (laughs) (laughs) Tacoma. I think that, you know, there's there's a lot of good people there. There's a lot of good there. There's a lot of artists. There's a lot of creative people. The music's good. There's, you know, Tacoma's got things that are just, that make it Tacoma, you know, it, that doesn't feel like anywhere else, you know, and there's times that I threaten to want to wanna move away, but I don't know, I don't know where I would go because I'm pretty spoiled where I'm at. I just get to come to work and do fun tattoos, and I've got a lot of good friends that live there, and. It's just been... I've, I've tried to make it a better place in all the years that I've been there. Give people good tattoos and try and make them happy. Gonna cry out? I'm trying to hold
0: back. It's very hard. So, if someone came to you and they said I want to be a tattoo artist, well, then, let me phrase that question. If you want to be a tattoo artist, you need to be an artist first, right?
1: Well, that would help.
0: Okay. <laughs> but like, 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 can somebody say, I want to be a tattoo artist and learn the business and learn how to do tattoo later? Or, but you got to be an artist first, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's, a, there's a process for doing this stuff. You can't, you know, you're just not going to walk in and get the keys to the Corvette, like right? It's you know, for me I've dedicated my whole life to doing this. It's
0: do you since think since being do you think being an artist comes naturally to people or something you look learn? Can you be taught how to do it as it come naturally?
1: I think, I think I think you know I think you can be an artist, but I think you can always learn more.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean there's I know people that know how to tattoo that don't necessarily know how to draw, but they know the tech that they've learned the technical side of this and they know aesthetically what looks good. I mean, some tattoos have just have certain formulas to them. And once you figure that out, you can apply it to everything. There's like no one right way of doing it.
0: There's no one right way, but there's like several
1: wrong ways to do it. (laughs) Yeah, of course. I don't I don't claim to have all the answers either
0: so of course you've done several sleeves what's the biggest piece you've done like you've got like a whole back piece whole leg piece
1: yes I've done leg sleeves back pieces Um Some front torso stuff. Uh, Again, it's just people trying to, you know, with doing those big projects. It's just the commitment levels of doing them. I mean, the time level, the
0: money level.
1: You know, sometimes people start these projects and then you know, just life stuff happens. They get the girlfriend pregnant. They lose their job. They move away. Oh, Oh shit. I didn't know it looked look like that. There's that too. <laughs> it look makes-
0: it look look it looked badass cool in the dude who was like six foot 200 pounds freaking ripped. But me, <laughs> 5, 10, 250 pounds doesn't look so cool. <laughs> Do you both your kids still live in the Comer area? Yeah, I see them all the time.
1: My daughter's a cook at a local restaurant. My son's a soccer coach.
0: Like a high school or something? or
1: uh, He teaches, he coaches a, like a girls team out in uh, Puyallup. I think okay. like the select teams or something. He's been playing soccer his whole life, so that's what, that's what he loves, soccer.
0: Yeah, one needs to do something they love. No doubt about that. I don't know what it is.
1: Almost done.
0: After tattooing for like a certain number of times during the day, do you, I guess your fingers are going to cramp up.
1: No, my, just my brain gets... Brain? Like my brain hurts at the end of the day. There are some days I leave work. I don't even know what my name is anymore. I'm all... I got the dumb. Some people just... They'll, they're like energy vampires. So mm-hmm. You're pre- you're putting your hands on these people. Yeah, and just I like, know what you mean. Yeah, some people are just really just intense. So some days you get you get done with work and you're just just wiped out just from yeah. just being in the room with somebody. I know what you mean. I could, kind I of make friends with, you know, a lot of my clients have from, you get to spend time with people and you get to know them and share experiences and stories and stuff like that. And I mean, it's, it's really a cool little bond that happens between people when you tattoo them. That's will always be there. Like yeah. I go to restaurants sometimes and, um, you know, somebody that I run a waiter that I tattooed, yeah. you know, two years ago or something, and I'll get my bill and they'll, you know, give me like a discount or something. I yeah. don't expect it, nor yeah. do I want it, but it's just kind of it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a, you know, it's a nice feeling sometimes where people are just like, "Hey man, I really appreciate that that thing that you did for me." And so a,
0: obviously, the youngest yeah. person you tattooed is probably eighteen. What's the age of the oldest person you've tattooed? The
1: oldest person I tattooed was ninety-one. Oh shit. And he was fucking cool. 90 as... 90 fucking watch. Fuck. This guy was the coolest dude on earth, and I wish I had taken a picture of this man and his tattoos. Yeah, you
0: fucked or, up not doing that.
1: He was. Uh, I had only been tattooing a couple of years. I was. Huh? I was working in Albuquerque. It was a Saturday. Um, these these people it was a busy day at the shop, and these people came in, and uh, with like you know looked like they're coming in with their grandpa or some mm-hmm. shit. Well, this cat was uh he was a italian american he was from new york he came was this out, his first that, tattoo no 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 this, A lot of them. he uh i think we're done okay uh, i'll put a bandage okay. on that in a few minutes i'll tell I'll let me tell the story first yes. and um so he comes in and he wants a name and i was like okay you yeah, know i can do a name and so he he comes back into my room and you know i'm like scared because he's like fragile and 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 stuff but this dude's covered in tattoos Uh he's got like every piece of like sailor jerry flash you could think of um and then this he was you could he was a handsome you could tell he's a really handsome guy he had like a gold tooth his hair was all slicked back he was from new york and shit and but he had chicks names all crossed out down his arm yeah there must have been yes
0: we've had all them chicks
1: and and they were all in varying degrees of like from from dark to light over the years of like, and that's what I did. I covered up a woman's name with a black. I blacked out the ribbon and I added one more. Like he must have been the guy that sat for uh, the Norman Rockwell painting, yeah. of the guy getting the getting the thing done. And you know, when I was tattooing him, he's like, "Yeah, this is, this will probably be the last one." <laughs> And I was like, "You did it, man! You're the you're the man!" Like, you, you know, you got all these chicks' names tattooed on you, crossed out. Like, you've traveled all over the world. He had cool tattoos, man, and, and you could badass. tell he just he lived a badass life. Like, I was like, "I want to be you." Fucking having Rizzo, still getting yeah. tattooed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then
0: that's that's an I'm experience still getting chicks' right
1: names tattooed on you. I'm kind of sad. Like, you know, I'm like. I'd love to meet a chick to make me wake up in the morning and get like fucking Amy written across my throat or something, man. I had to be, you know, people are like, oh, who'd get a name? I'm like, I don't know. Sometimes I'm kind of lonely. I could, I could use a kind of a fucking freak show like that and fucking make me wake up in the morning and get a fucking name tattooed on my cheek or something. Like, oh, man. <laughs> That's a shame you didn't, you didn't get a picture of
0: it though. 90 Ways don't okay, get tattoos, man. That's fucking badass yeah, right there.
1: He was. He was. Uh, I, I forget. It. I didn't catch his name. And and I, if if I could go back in time and and one of my, what I would go back in time in my career, I would have, I would have, I would have documented the tattoos that he had on him. Yeah. Because that, that generation of people are dying off Mm -hmm. that like world war two, the tattoos themselves weren't the greatest to begin with. And when those, when those soldiers and, and military people were getting tattooed you know, during world war two, we're back they, to go to war. The tattoo shops would be open 24 hours a day. They yeah. were open during the military payday. So oh, yeah. their, their goal was to get them in, get them out. The soldiers are drunk. You know, they didn't have to change out all this shit that, yeah, obviously the hygiene factor, oh, yeah. you know, is uh, completely different. Yeah. But, um, you know, and, and that's so, about
0: razor needles.
1: Yeah, they would just pick up the same machine and, you know, they'd had a they have like a bucket with us with us like a sea sponge in it and they would just soap and the same shit on everyone and like tattooing's come a long way. And it's it is thank high, God in its it hygiene of everything. Nice. <laughs> you want to do another drink? Um, yeah, I'll take a little yeah. just a little sip. I got to drive back to Tacoma so I can't get too too crazy. I mean, you like your tattoo? Oh yeah, definitely. a great word. That means I'm going to pour a little bit of this antiseptic on my little rag here. I didn't even make too much of a mess.
0: So I'm guessing this is the first time doing a tattoo on a podcast.
1: Yeah, this is the first time I've ever done a podcast. So nice. I'm kind of, uh, we'll see how, how it, when I, when I rewatch it later, <laughs> how goofy I look. This is some new stuff. This is a, it's a bandaging call system called tagaderm. These are for people with burns.
0: Thank you. Good sir. What's the biggest thing we have care like you don't want to itch scratch your tattoo afterwards, right your just no, like no after
1: a couple of days you can leave that on for a couple of days yeah. this stuff really helps um I for the most part have done everything that I was not supposed to do to take care of my tattoo. So, um, <laughs> so have
0: you ever like gone swimming right afterwards or get a sunburn afterwards?
1: Um, I man, I got my back outlined once and like 2 days later I had to go to I went to the, a concert at the gorge and I had to go camping and that was probably one of the dumbest things I ever did. Because uh Let's see how I set this stuff there. Because I didn't have, you know, proper place to uh, you know wash it. <laughs> Sometimes I'll tattoo people and they're um and they'll I'll be almost done with their tattoo and they're like, Oh, I'm going on a five K run tomorrow. It's like, no you're not. <laughs> you just got the back of your leg tattooed. Like it's, you're not it's not gonna happen. That's not too smart. No. Okay, there's that. Almost done with that. Oh, that's what I need here. I'm gonna take that.
0: So, so back to the business aspect of, of, of what you do. Like, how for this goes, like. On, on, on an average basis like day to day like what percentage of days spend been like just doing business stuff versus tattoo stuff versus whatever else you're doing
1: um i mean the business aspect is making sure that we have all of the supplies and equipment that um we now, need every day to do so our do job. you order
0: do you like take care of do you buy the stuff for your
1: tattoo mm, yeah, artist yeah i take care of all the stuff for okay. the shop so okay. you know to make sure that we have proper equipment i buy good equipment um you know it, having the thing the right tools to do your job um now, being
0: attached to artists is like like same as not like, being working a salon where like you know if, you're, if you are have like a salon or workshop like each barber has to give the the head guy like a, a rent or something like that how's that work like they pay you like monthly rental, rental fee or something or
1: um everybody's an independent contractor so they we all have our own contracts and that's okay. between me and the people that work for me so okay that's how that works okay but you know, we, we we make an agreement that that is that works for the both of us. Okay, and um, um and the shop provides a lot. You know, that space to work and clients. And, and do you do like social that.
0: media for the for your artists too? Or no, just, they
1: handle their own social media, okay. and I I handle the shop page in between trying to okay. do everything else in my uh, in my career. What's this one? It's got a key.
0: So you tried both of these already, right?
1: Uh no. I think this was only my little second one. So. Okay.
0: I'm gonna see which one you like the best. I think you tried this one or that one, right?
1: No, yeah. We'll figure it out
0: So back to the business part. What's what's like been your most difficult challenge as far as keeping the shop open? That was COVID well, I'll rephrase that. Was COVID the most difficult? Like part of opening it up of being a business mm-hmm. owner
1: nine eleven was the most difficult was part yeah nine eleven I thought my business was gonna go under yeah I had only just I'd only been in business for about a year
0: and 9- yeah, see, I see all thought people got there got, got a lot of patriotic tattoos during that time period
1: that was afterwards when nine okay. eleven hit, Nobody knew what the fuck was going on. Like, I get it. Nobody was going out of their houses. Nobody was going to the malls. Nobody was going anyplace public. Like, you know, the anthrax was being sent through the mail. Like, the world was kind of a crazy thing. Yeah, I remember. Like, people forget about the fucking anthrax bullshit. And, um, so nobody knew what was, what was, what was up or down (laughs) with what was going on. And I had, you know, I had used all of my, my money and my funds to, um, To start the shop. And so when 9-11 hit, business just whatever little business I had completely dropped off. Okay. And so um, there was a few months where it just that, you know, cause that was September and tattooing has always been a very, up until about the, the invention of the television shows like mm-hmm. New York Inc. and LA Inc. Mm-hmm. Tattooing used to be very seasonal. Mm-hmm. It would only be busy in the spring and the summer months. Once the fall mm-hmm. and winter came out, there were winters where we would just sit around and nobody would come in the shop mm-hmm. for a week or two. Tattooing is always as, as, as lucrative as it is now. So September happened and typically we would slow down anyways because the state fair comes to town. There's people start going back to school. There's just a shift in everything. The, the fall's coming, the weather's changing. Um, so you guys, September, October, November, you're going into those dark gray, cold days in Washington. And so, um, you know, they, I had to borrow money to pay my rent one yeah. of the months. Cause like nobody came in, but then, you know, and then we ramped up the war machine and, and the, the first group of, of, of soldiers that we tattooed were the reservists because they called up the reservists and they brought them out to Fort Lewis and they sat there for months yeah. not knowing what they were doing and they weren't really paying them so everybody was living off of their credit cards and we, we just started taking credit cards at the tattoo shop so we, we you know I made my first round of like military regular friends because they were just like you know we don't know what we're doing I was I, I, you know signed up for one weekend a month and then I was mowing my lawn and the phone rang and now I'm sitting here at Fort Lewis. I'm doing like 20,000 weekends than a row yeah 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 and they they sat there for what felt like a year until they did you know until everything started happening and then we would get like regular rotations of soldiers back mm-hmm. through the shop especially when they'd come back you know you knew they were back in town because they'd pull up in like a brand new mustang <laughs> with like shopping bags full of shit you know shoes and it all have brand new shoes yeah. on and stuff like that like because you know they, they 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 got extra uh you know a combat pay yeah. or whatever extra yeah. money that they got tax-free for over there and they're over there for a year yeah. and couldn't spend any of their money. And so they just come back and just go all buck wild they'd walk in and want to, you know, I want a big tattoo. And, and, you know, it was just, you know, they the, the parking lot looked like a brand new car lot, like, <laughs> cause everybody'd be all stoked, getting some new wheels and new tattoos and stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so you, you move from 30th street to uh, where we are right now, Sixth Avenue, Sixth Avenue. So, how did you pick the new place? Like, how's that work? Like, as far like, you, do you pick on based on like how many tattoo artists you want, or like? Um, the, the,
1: I, well, the, I the, had wow. to move my shop, and so I just I found the space that worked for that suited for what I needed. Okay, Because so. that's a
0: pretty cool place. Like, as far as like the way it looks and stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I because actually, like,
0: actually, it actually must be an apartment,
1: right? It's a live workspace. A workspace, okay. So technically, I could live and work there, but okay. it's just I don't.
0: I mean, one <laughs> way to save money, right? Huh. Actually, was,
1: actually my lease was more expensive because it's a commercial space and not mm-hmm. a live space if i'd done a residential lease if it was just me wanting to like live there and tattoo there it would yeah. it would be cheaper but you know having a business in there it's a the lease structure is different so they charge like triple net and things like that on the lease so <laughs>
0: yeah um but, have you ever had to kick anybody out your tattoo shop
1: not this one 38th street yeah every almost every other
0: day did you because that's more like (laughs) a walk in thing when you
1: have a walk-in shop you don't you know you got crazy people walking in you got methods walking in you just got assholes walking in most of 99.9 percent of the people that come in are they're great they're nice they're Mm -hmm. friendly they want to get tattooed you know but just like anywhere you you know there's assholes everywhere sometimes we're the asshole
0: so what do you see the future tattoo artistry being like do you see like you're like like those, those AI stuff. You said like, do you use like tattoo artists like lose their jobs or robots doing tattoos or like some high <laughs> yeah. speed. Tech I don't know. Shit?
1: It'll be all AI and robot arms. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, I t- people will always get tattooed. I mean, people have been getting. They find frozen cavemen. With I know, tattoos don't they? Right. Arms. So From, it's not like tattooing is going anywhere. Yeah, they've been
0: getting tattoos since like you know the ancient it times. It will
1: evolve. It will. It will. You know, like. uh Jeff Goldblum says, you know, life uh, finds a way. And yeah, tattoos it'll find a way. way. You know, it'll, there, right now there's probably some kid in his, you know, in his basement that's going to come out and change the world with the shit, you know, take it to the next level. So. That's a good point. Do you ever
0: think of the fact that like, when you do a tattoo, you post on Instagram that it might motivate or inspire some little well, kid? Well, I've,
1: I've known that from – I've known that even just from people who I've tattooed. I've, I've run into people that are – badass tattooers and they've been like dude thanks you tattooed me 25 years ago and that got me interested and i've been a tattooer so i've i have about three or four people like that that's be fucking
0: pretty cool yeah
1: i was watching a i was watching a um like a, a video on a tattooer out of uh Phoenix one time. And he was talking to the, you know, the old days, you know, how, how he got, he's like, yeah, there was this guy, Tim in New Mexico. He was doing all this cool shit. And he was like, so you never really know who you're gonna, you know, who you might inspire. So, I mean, that was like, even when we built our little Pac-Man ghost cars, like, who knows, some kid might see that grow up and do something. And, you know, everything is always progressing and changing. Yeah, definitely. So Tim, is there anything I should of asked you that I have or anything else I want to talk about? Um, not really. I mean, I've had a great afternoon here and stuff. Thank and you. Cool. I hope, um, I, I hope I didn't curse too much. Or- no, nah, it's, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's um, fine.
0: So if we got out of here, any, any advice or wisdom you can give us on anything you want to talk about?
1: Oh, well, I wasn't. No, no pressure. I wasn't expecting such a heavy question. <laughs> oh, it's good advice. If you have shit for brands, right? <laughs> That's what Hunter S. Thompson said. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, thanks for whoever watched and rewatched, or, you know, I just try my best at everything. This is new territory for me. So, yes. So, Tim, thanks for your time today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Jason.
0: And to our listeners, thank you for time with Raw, and remember to be great every day.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Jason Kavnis experience. Be sure to connect with us across social media at Kavnis HR. Thank you. And remember to be great every day. Don't you know, pump it up. you got to pump it up. Don't you know, pump it up. you got to
0: pump
1: it up. Don't you know, pump it up. you got to pump it up. Don't you know, pump it up. you got to pump it up.